Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts, John. Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski, that's terrific. Rob. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And Hydroburg. What country are you from? What? 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 ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? sheaves we shall come rejoicing bringing in the sheaves no sh- sorry i didn't know you guys were here um hello oh, hey. and welcome to cinemigo oh, hey, the podcast all about expanding cinematic horizons i'm your host the cinematic archaeologist rob and today we're discussing my pick the night of the hunter from 1955 directed by charles lawton but before we get into the film let's meet the poor little lambs wandering the town what a fellowship what a joy divine! It's Hyderberg. How you doing, buddy? Hello, hello. How is that? How is everybody doing? Having a blessed day, blessed Big weekend. Big Berg, huh? Speaking of blessedness, what a blessedness! What a peace is mine. It's the eight bit killer himself, Mister Kinetic Onslaught. John, how you doing, buddy? Robert, I have to be honest with you. You absolutely smoke these fucking intros. Every intro <laughs> you do, I'm always thoroughly impressed. You do a fantastic job, man. Well, thank you, sir. I'm doing a small go- uh, golf clap for you right now. Yeah, <laughs> I like to bring a little bit of entertainment to the group and for the fans out there. Love it. But yeah, we're we're talking about my pick, 1955's The Night of the Hunter, uh, Charles Lawton starring Robert Mitchum. Um, why I chose this film. Yeah. I think this is one of, I discovered this film a couple of years ago. Uh, one of my favorite actors is Robert Mitchum, and I just kind of started diving into his his list of movies. I was listening to another movie podcast, and they mentioned this movie, and mm. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And so I watched it, and it just laid me out, man. It was so good. And I want once I, I since then, I've probably watched this film 30 times. Whoa, I, I whoa, really, really, shit. Are you yeah, serious? I love this film. I own it, and I just, I think As do I. Yeah, I I, I loved Thanks it so you. much. I want I I loved it so much. I got one for Heidelberg as well because you're such a gentleman, have, Rob. It, it does have some of those horror elements that Heidelberg loves to talk about. So that's why I chose it, and I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys. Had nice. you heard? Had you even heard of this film or heard of Charles Lawton, Robert Mitchum, any of these people that are involved? Nope, totally lost on me, dog. Uh 
Uh, Robert Mitchum, yes. Charles Lawton sounds familiar. The movie's title sounds very familiar. And there are some scenes in it that I know I've seen somehow in things like uh, through osmosis, basically mm-hmm. through pop okay, culture. All right. All right? Um, and there are definitely things I want to talk about, like his tattoos and stuff like that. And some of the scenes, yeah. um, there's definitely some cinematic archeology span in this film, but I have oh, not seen yeah. it. Um, but I, I was like aware of it. It's one of those there... titles too, where I feel like there's a, it, it's similar enough to a lot of like modern titles, you know what I mean? Like night of the hunter. Like it mm-hmm. kind of, I, I definitely was unfamiliar with it, but after watching it, going through it i watched it twice and it's oh. like you could you could i could definitely like you're saying it's like it like a kind of like in the ethereal back there right like it's like night of i immediately made me think of the uh hbo series oh yeah yeah uh, oh the one that from like a couple years ago yeah 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 i haven't seen uh, it I heard it was good yeah i've heard the same thing uh yeah this film does have a lot like you said this is a very cinematic archaeological film there's a lot of stuff that has influenced this film it has become something that people have drawn back to and used uh for a lot of things you're saying like both ways like it was like both, this yeah oh yeah it goes both oh, okay ways. okay yeah the the archaeology goes both ways totally. nice it's tell it's by uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm glad you picked up on that Hedberg. thank you yeah that's what i did <laughs> so let's get into a little bit of uh pre-production Oh, yeah. Um, and then we'll, uh, do our patented spoiler warning and our synopsis. Classic. Uh, yeah. So this is based off of the novel of the same name, uh, written by Davis Grubb, which was his first book, you know, kind of mm-hmm. funny, the director's first film author's first book. And they worked together actually, because Davis Grubb ended up doing a lot of the storyboards. He sent all this artwork over to Charles Lawton and it's like, Oh, keep sending me more because this is exactly how I'm picturing the film coming out. It looks great. And so they end up working together. That's cool. um, the book is also loosely based off of a real murder case. Uh, a guy by the name of Harry powers who murdered two widows and murdered three children in West Virginia. So it's, it's kind of loosely based off of a real thing that happened. Okay. And yeah, that's kind of like, that's how we kind of get to this film. Uh, I didn't know it was based on something like that. That's yeah, yeah. That's why this film is also based in West Virginia, because that's where the book is based off of. And it's based off of this real case. Um, but the other thing, too, like the screenplay was done by a guy named uh, by the a guy by the name of James Agee. And his initial screenplay was 293 pages. So if you take like the one minute, uh, one page equals one minute. That's a long ass movie. Yeah. yeah, Charles Lawton, Charles Lawton took that down from that 293 page uh, script and brought it down to about a 90 page script, which is why we get kind of the quick pace that we do in this film. Mm-hmm. And wow, to cut 200 pages, that's nuts. yeah. And when AG says like, "Well, Lawton really wrote the screenplay," like he should get the credit, and Lawton said, "No, it's your screenplay. I just helped," and he gave him the credit. That's cool. Yeah, because they're both yeah. credited. Yeah. In IMDb. Uh, well, like, Lawton is a guy who, he's a nice guy. He's like, I'm already the director. Don't worry about it. You get credit mm-hmm. for what you did. Uh, this was his first was, flick, though? It was, this is his very first movie he directed. He'd been a, he's a very famous actor at this point, but he had uh, not done a direct uh, direction on this film. And we'll oh, talk okay. about, like, some of, about Charles Lawton here in a little bit. But uh, let's get that patented Heidelberg spoiler warning. Okay. Uh, spoiler warning. Meow, 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 meow. Spoiler alert. 
A self-proclaimed preacher marries a gullible widow whose young children are reluctant to tell him where their real dad hid the $10,000 he stole in a robbery. Mm. Nice. That's a crisp one. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this straight is straight off by... the hip. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot it from the hip, baby. Uh, yeah. So this is directed by Charles Lawton. Uh, I was saying that he's he was a huge movie star at this point. Uh, he had been a silent and sound film star. So that's why I've heard his name, I think. That yeah, sense, he, uh, so you might know him from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. That's like okay. one of his Yeah, that I think that's where I've heard his name. Uh, early in the sound era. He's been in a whole bunch of other films that will... Uh, actually, I, I have some that I want to do of his that are really good. Uh, he had a giant passion for this project, and he actually wanted to play the part of the preacher. Mm, but yeah. the producer's like, listen, this film is I not going to get funded if you let if yeah if uh if you're the star it's just not gonna happen so but because you've done so much work on this why don't you direct the film you already you have a good vision for this film and so yeah he decided to take him up on it uh he screened a whole bunch of old silent films because he wanted to he wanted to invoke the silent era so he watched all of dw griffith's films and a lot of other silent films several times and just wanted to get some inspiration from that era. And even the way that he filmed it was in the silent era, what you would do is the camera was always continually rolling. So there would always, then there would be like direction in the background. It's like, hey, no, you need to do more like this. No, more like that. No, 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 like yeah, this. Yeah, like and while the scene's playing out. Yeah, which for a sound film, you wouldn't necessarily do because it takes up a lot of film. But that's how he did it. And, uh, <laughs> There's a whole like in the uh, Criterion Collection. There's this whole two and a half hour oh, documentary at, on the second disc that is all that behind the scenes real footage, uh, which is in, cool. in I haven't had a chance to go through it all, but it's pretty cool to see how everyone's like kind of working together, and it's really really cool. Yeah, it's like behind the scenes, behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like we're seeing yeah. this, the crew and everything. Yeah, everything. exactly. Um, uh, I do. I, I like the opener to this film too. Just like I, don't, I always love these classic openers. So you know, the MGM one just pops up on screen. And yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of feel yeah. nostalgic when you know you see these older. For opening. sure. Oh yeah, and when, so Laden also wanted this to be. He called it a nightmarish mother goose story. Okay. Yeah, it's based see off that? like that makes the, sense. I could yeah. see that. Uh, but uh, yeah, why don't we why don't we dive in the film? We'll talk about There's some of the other actors there. if we get to them. Yeah. I did like I said the opener kicks in and I did like um the music right away. I I noticed the music right away. I was like, oh, it's setting like a nice tone, like tension. Yeah, like, I could just feel like it's out right off the bat. The music was like getting me in the into the the feeling of the film. I'm like, okay, so I I commend that for sure right off the bat. A lot of old hymns, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that it's, too. It's weird to like, you know, at there church, is like, a... you look through those old blue books, like they have like the nineteen forties hymn books in church right mm-hmm. yeah and it, it's funny because there's like four or five songs that they sang throughout the, the movie where i was like oh shit that's wild bro that's that's like directly out of that old and it's like the context when in the way it's used makes it's it like so nefarious you know what I mean? oh for it's sure terrifying. yeah they make it terrified because it's you know, his way of like now. like basically stalking people or being like relentless you know what i mean like these songs that these hymns that you hear him singing oh totally i'm sorry yeah, Ron, the, i cut you off Oh no no no! It's uh one of the uh one of the things that I was thinking about. Like you know how like in the some of the trailers for like horror movies nowadays, they have like those those songs that are just kind of like that are more like upbeat, but they slow mm-hmm. them down and make them yeah, kind yeah. of make dude, them more that's, horror-wise. Yeah, that's dude, what that they're doing in this sick. film. 
yeah, yeah. that's what they're doing in this film they're making those hymns terrifying yeah Dude, i got five on it flip from the fucking us yeah, I yeah, can't exactly. listen to I got five on it anymore, man. It fucked it up. <laughs> you need that slow version. <laughs> yeah, that shit was terrifying. You think, you think uh, a doppelganger is going to show up at I'm your door? Like, oh, shit. I could see that. Uh, we get this interesting granny in space, sort of, it looks like. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. telling tales to the children. It reminds me of, like, a Twilight Zone episode or something. Totally. Like, then the kids' heads are floating, too. Yeah, the space. floating like, heads. Yeah, like, yeah, teach us stuff. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> That w- that was supposed to be the last shot of the film. Okay. The first. That makes well, sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Because then we come back, because I'm just like, who's this granny? And then we come back, mm-hmm. and I realize it's, it's Mrs. Cooper. So I'm like, okay, cool. But I do like the lesson that she's teaching here. Like, beware of false prophets. Yep. Uh, who uh, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. Yep. And she talks yeah. about uh, what someone coming bearing fruit or something like that. It's it, she's or, talking about like how like you know it's beware of wolves and it's kind of the idea mm-hmm. the the biblical ideas of beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Yeah, uh, right. you know Which beware of the people like you can see people for like the fruits that they bear. You yeah. know, good good trees bear good fruit. Right. Bad trees cannot bear anything but like no fruit or bad fruit. Yeah, no, you know, it's kind of that idea, yeah. and that's that's really like what this film is. It's it's both like an indictment and a more of like a a, a critical look at uh, religious communities. I guess. I mean, uh, I don't think it, I don't know. I didn't feel like super critical of. I guess maybe towards the end. I guess I'm. When they're like the lynch well, mobs running around this and stuff. Is more of like what uh, Laden was going after. Well, and like, also how people are like easily duped into just believing the preacher. Regardless yeah. Of, like yeah. That's any red flags, you know what I mean? They're, like yeah. they, they don't pay attention to the red flags because they're just like, oh yeah, he means well, and he's charming when he wants to be. Yeah. So, uh, he's got this like gritty voice, like deep sort of like, hey, everything's gonna be okay. And yeah, yeah. I have the children now, and I care about them. You know what I mean? And he's <laughs> Definitely like, a okay, sure. Doctor. Uh, but I do like um, we get that moment where the, we see these uh, there's these interesting camera uh, moments where I don't know if there's a helicopter or a plane, what they're using, uh, where they have these zoom outs and, and then they zoom back and then we get back in. So it's like showing us things that are going along in the story and different the different people, what they're up to and and how we're getting to those different. Those, yeah, those I really like that. They, those shots they're that like they establishing. got are incredible. Uh, yeah, they're interesting. That was all done. Uh, the second unit guys went over to West Virginia for a for like a week or two and just got the shots of like the overhead shots of the river, like mm-hmm. parts of like kind of like the more scenic parts of like West Virginia. Yeah. However, the rest and they got all these shots and they composited that in with studio. They're in a studio uh, or on a studio lot or in a soundstage, oh, yeah. the rest of the film. And they would composite oh, in like when he's on the horse from, and like, stuff. Yeah. They would composite in real shots with the actual like set. It was, it's, it's interesting. Amazing. We come in and we see like the little kids playing, and then they run in towards the house, and we that's see exactly the, what I'm thinking of. That's, this body that, that in the cellar, favorite. right? Yeah, yeah. Like that, down the stairs. That, that is all. That is an actual on location shot that they. Did yeah, there. that's what it looks like. Or, and that's like the new. Uh, that's like his last victim. I'm assuming, like the last widow that he left Most behind. Because then yeah. we cut again. We zoom out. And we zoom into a car speeding down like a, a forest road or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And it's him in the car. And it's like, I just love the way they like, all right, I'm assuming like, I just, my mind just was quickly like, all right, he killed this lady. He bounced, took what he needed. And now he's back on the road. I didn't know if the car was stolen or not. It turns out it is, but, and then fucking, I just like the way he, like they introduce him too. He's like talking to God, you know? Yeah. uh, Or his version of it. (laughs) Sending him. Yeah. He says, Lord. And it's like, 
he's talking about how like God like sends him uh, like money or whatever when he's in need. Like, you know, like he's basically like, oh, yeah, I have to take this guy's wallet because the Lord showed it to me. You know what I mean? Like because I need it and, and that the Lord's blessing. It's manipulating the scripture and the people to uh-huh. do for, for your own gain. Right. It's like. It's like mental gymnastics to do evil shit and flip yeah. it. Like, well, no, it's not. He's because... talking to the Lord right. as if they're like equals too, which I thought was yeah, interesting. Yeah, Those people are just so funny. What, you know? Was it six that I killed? Twelve. Oh. And yeah, he, six. He, see, he has well, a distaste for women. Um, yeah. The way he's yeah. talking about them and his face in that moment in the car. And then when we cut later to the theater. Yeah, that was a confusing scene. Show. Yeah. So he was, because uh, he's trying to move on to like the next town. Because he, uh, he's talking about like, it, I think this is meant to show like kind of like who this guy is. We know we kind of have a suspicion that he killed that woman that was the kids found in the basement. It's like we know, you know, your book's full of killings, and you know, it's like I, you know, you hate like I hate things with like lacy things, and you know, he figures yeah, any central like it sounds like central stuff around the women, yeah. like women, like feminine. Cut to him going into like you know the. Uh, Essentially, uh, an early version of a, a porno. It's a burlesque theater. show. The burlesque yeah, show. Yeah. yeah. And I love kind of like the, the shot here because he's the one that's kind of like you're able to see all of him. Everyone else is kind of bathed in shadow. And you just see him getting madder and madder as this yeah, he's woman just glaring at her. Dancing. And he has like, he's like, like white, his hate hand. Uh, he's like, just like, whole, he's like, Ugh. and he takes out, he puts his, puts in his pocket and like his knife comes out. And his switchblade is like rips his pocket. Yeah, this was like, the this was like, the confusing part for me because it's like, so is he just so he's not just a con man? He really believes he's out here doing the Lord's work. Yeah, yeah. I think he's well, he's both, but I, like he's a con man because he believes he's doing the Lord's work. I guess I don't know. I get yeah. like because it seems like in this, at least for me, my thought process in the, in the second watch of this, this is where it just it didn't make sense to me because he the whole time it's like him tracking. Like he's seeking out widows, you know what I mean? Like he's seeking out the people where he knows he can come up on money. Whereas in this specific situation, it's just like he just fucking went in there and was like, I'm going to kill. And the knife pops out. And it's like there was no gain for him in that moment. So that's where that's that's the thing. Like there is no like real he's he's bought into like whatever his uh, mental state is. He's a smart guy, but at the same time, he's crazy and he doesn't like women. He want and he's gonna take advantage of whoever he needs to take advantage of to gain like whatever he needs. Got it. Yeah. And his, so my first watch, I was like, okay, well, here's a guy who's not he's not religious at all. He just he believe he's just out here as a con guy. Out and he's using to- religion as a con. I mean, it sort of does come across that way a little bit sometimes too. Right. But he, yeah. the way he speaks, he sounds like he believes what he's saying. I mean, I it, think either he, way, I he's a good he- con man. Yeah, he. I think he actually believes in what he's saying, and there's a lot of. I think you might write who, who do believe this stuff. Yeah, because his mental state seems a little off too. Like we see, he's got you know he's a murderer, so right, uh, like a serial killer at this point. Right. Yeah, you can't kill what seven, and not be fucked twelve up. or something. Yeah. yeah. So his switchblade was supposed to be kind of like a symbol for you know his dick, and th- okay. they actually initially had it like, where it was going to come out of his pants, you know, like out of like his crotch area. Yeah. Like, that's too obvious. Let's just have it come out of his shirt pocket or his coat pocket. Yeah, sure, that, it makes sense. I think it's in the works. middle of this lusty dance, right? All of a sudden, his hand goes in his pocket and his fucking switchblade pops See, out. I get it. Anybody else putting their hands on their pants, they would be touching themselves because it's a burlesque show. But him, he's enraged. So he's gripping yeah. his blade, which is supposed to be a phallic symbol you know, for his penis. Yeah. And oh, yeah. 
so tight that he engaged it in his pocket. You know, he basically shot his load with his, yeah. you know, his murdering weapon. Yeah, Essentially, Fired one off, dude, right yeah. in the show. <laughs> you know, um, and then the cop comes Cinematic up. Herbert, you. Yeah. <laughs> the cop comes up, right? And he's like, is this your car, blah, blah? And then we find out yeah. it's a stolen vehicle. But I'm guessing not the, it was not the widow, um, the widow's fucking car. We don't know that. I, I Nothing mean, to tie it, him it, to any murders. Yeah, I, I don't it, think you'd be pretty dumb to do that, right? Like that'd something be, he stole yeah, somewhere yeah. else, and then so we it. find out too because he kills another. Like it's it's alluded to later on that he kills a family for their horse and uses that horse. So it's not necessarily like he's stealing it from someone he's connected to. It's someone outside of that purview. So it's very it's very possible he killed someone and stole their car. That's like yeah. you know on his way out of that town to somewhere right. else. Agreed. Hmm. Um, so yeah, then we go yeah. into the uh, the courtroom scene. He is charged with I was like ro- was it robbing a car or whatever, and it, they call him Mister Powell. Uh, that I am preacher Harry Powell. It's like yeah, I was like a what preacher? a preacher a preacher, and where you were at? I don't with think a stolen so. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a stolen car where you were at, and a tat- so. tattoos on on your hands that say love and hate. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, so. I just want to talk about Robert Mitchum a little bit because he's one of my favorite actors. He's the star of the film. So th- this film was, was around like a million dollars. Half the budget went to Robert Mitchum because he was the big star of the film. He's been in movies like Cape Fear, River of No Return, uh, Out of the Past. And initially, Lawrence Olivier was going to... They, they He was not the first person uh, yeah, wanted no, to Lawrence. Lawrence Olivier, who... Charles Lawton fucking hated, so he's like, that's not going to happen. Gary Cooper, who we're going to talk about Gary Cooper and a few uh, picks from mine from now, and John Carradine, the father of David Carradine, uh, were considered for the role, but Robert Mitchum got the part, uh, and a lot of people were worried. It's like, well, he's he's a sex symbol. like He's too sexy for the part. Charles Lawton stated that, like, if you want to sell God, you have to be sexy. I mean, yeah, he does have this like sort of Elvis presence for sure. If I had yeah. to say like, or something like that of that nature. Yeah. Where there's just like a, uh, something to him when he speaks and his body movement. I got to say though, we'll find this out in, in a few scenes from now, but man, this guy has got a great singing voice. Yeah, he does. It's like a Johnny Cash sort of. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like he has an album on like Spotify and like YouTube music and stuff. Oh, where? So, yeah. Maybe I can grab some of it for to. Let me uh, promote this episode. Yeah, we should. If there's any out there on Instagram or whatever, that'd be cool. That's wild, dude. This guy worked all the way up until 97. Damn. 95. Yeah, Dead Man was his last film. That was oh, there's something here that says James Dean Race with Destiny, 97. Oh, he might. that might have been a posthumous film. He might have filmed that beforehand. And... Oh, yeah. That's wild. So then... That's a long fucking run. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He's a well-known uh, actor for sure. Classic. Um, then we get introduced to Ben Harper. We see he's robbed some place, a bank, I guess, you know, and he's got this, he comes in and he's got all this cash. He comes home to his kids on the run from the police and they're yeah. like right on his tail. And he gives his son this speech about protecting Pearl, his sister, where, and where he's stashing the money and yeah. what he's going to do, uh, what his son, John needs to do while his dad's gone, you know, like protect his mother, yeah. and his sister and, and don't say anything. Don't speak about the money, blah, blah. For a character that's only around for, you know, a short amount of time, he commands fucking a presence, dude. Like, he's one of my favorite characters in the flick, and we only get him for what, like, three minutes? 
Yeah, like he yeah. smoked that shit. The police take so, him like right away. They're in within. Yeah, so Ben Harper years. is played by Peter Graves. Yeah, uh, he's also most people will know him from Airplane. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's been in movies like Stalag Seventeen. That's also another pick that we got. Was he in Mission on. Impossible? The show. He was in the Mission Mission Impossible TV show. Yes, he yeah, was. Yeah, he was. Right? Yeah, that's. Uh, and he was also another one of my favorite films. That's. Uh, it's terrible, but it, I still love it. It's parts of the Clonus Horror. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I ever heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a if weird. You, if you watch the island, thing. you've seen parts of the Clonus Horror. Okay. <laughs> Who is he in Airplane? He's a pilot. Right. Oh no shit. Have you ever been to a Turkish prison? The older pilot? <laughs> yeah. I think so, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he was good in this. He was young, too. Um, and we, I like the moment where he just like kind of speaks to his son and the police take him and he's sentenced to death by the same, for killing two men, apparently, when he robbed the place. And uh, right. yeah. the same judge that sentenced our boy Harry, too. Yep. Um, and they conveniently get paired together in uh, the prison cell. They do. I wish we kind of established that a little bit longer. They kind of just throw us in and like, boom, look, totally. they're together. The next scene is him hanging but from I know the older movies kind of did that. They, you I, know, would, I would love to see if there's a copy of the original script left somewhere yeah. where we could like kind of read. Because I, I, I imagine that there is like more established of that, but we just we just don't have that. You could have had like a cool prison movie moment, you know? Like oh, I love yeah. the movies yeah. where like there's a prison and then they they introduce like people getting brought into the prison and like for sure experiencing what it's like to come into this prison because that's what yeah. it's you know when you're watching a prison film like that's the vibe that's the feeling that you pick up like that makes oh, you dude. feel uncomfortable you know um, yeah and I don't think that they, this movie utilized that too much but it, it definitely establishes the two characters relationship at least was mm-hmm. that was good yeah you know we we get to see uh, Ben's um, having a dream or a nightmare and he's kind of speaking in his in his uh, sleep and. Uh, What's his Mitchum's character? Al, the preacher's Al fucking Harry Powell trying to ask some questions. <laughs> yeah, from the top bunk. Tell me, Brother Harper. Tell me. Fucking Ben wakes up and just blasts him. Yeah, him right I it like was so him. sick. Knocks like, him right I... off the top bunk. Yeah. And like the preacher's not even that mad. He's like, no, he's just oh. like, oh, tell me more. No, no, I wasn't. He's like, you trying to get me to talk? What did I say? Ben? And you were speaking the scripture, Brother scripture. Harper, because he says, and I like that he says. Um, young, uh, what is a young child will will lead you, or what it, what it will lead you to it, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the promised land, we're thinking, or something. Yeah, from scripture Bible, again. Right? Yeah. yeah, a lot of scripture. But he's really show. talking about his son, you know, yeah. who knows yeah. where the cash is. Right. So I kind of like that symbolism. 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 I thought it was good. <laughs> yeah, it's. But I just uh... wish we got more moments with them. Like, show me the next morning, or I don't know. Show me that like you were talking in your sleep again, and it's like, yeah, I just wanted more of that like, character like, yeah, in general. Don't fucking listen to me, you know. I, like, yeah, whatever, bro. We don't even see what's his name get out of jail, really. It's sort of just like so and so dies, and next thing you know, Mitchum's on the street. Ding, hang, hung. See what the hang. No, that done. was fucked up. I was like, bro, geez, kids are fucked no, up. No, I couldn't. Yeah, were those kids? I couldn't tell if those kids were make were teasing them or they. Oh. That was just a song that they sung, and it just happened to be like, oh shit, these kids, dad is hung, and they, oh, they're think, watching, uh, no, sort of like, damn, I, like it, it just hit the them. The way this town is. They knew who they were singing about. I'm okay. pretty sure, yeah. Tim, t- that was the the vibe I got. Was they were like, oh, well, that's shit, what I hey. thought at first. But then there was no kid who actually ever. They never directed it at the two kids. You know what I mean? Like, well, was, they I were guess, out right outside was, of their house, right? They were like singing their house. Like, oh, okay, I thought it was just a playground or something. Yeah, because that town is very small. So yeah, yeah like it's like sense. they knew who they were talking about. Okay. They knew who they were singing about. Well, and they then they drew about. the guy hanging on the fucking that kid yeah. draws like a kid hanging or a guy hanging on the post, like. Like that was fucked up. That's pretty trash. 
I like oh, John, the, the kid John, too. I oh, mean, for I'm sure. Yeah. Too. So, she's, she's so yeah, so Billy Chapin, he's the guy who plays John Harper. Great, great child actor. He did yeah. a great job. Agreed. Um, and uh, he comes from a, a family of child actors. His brother's in this also. This was his oh, second, no this was his penultimate film. He his... did one more film after this. And Lund personally liked, liked the kid. Like, he didn't uh, do an audition. He just, he had a meal with him. It's like, hey, Let's talk about the film. Like, you know, you talked, they had a conversation. It's like, you're, you're my, uh, you're my John Harper. And the way that, cause the way that Lawton directed this, it was directed like a silent film. And so there was a lot of like him, hey, he's, he's in kind of behind, uh, off camera directing John, the, uh, the kid who played Billy Chapman, who plays John. Okay. Mm -hmm. With mo uh, so, it's like, so it's like he's already a good actor, but it's like, hey, this is what I want. This is what I want here. This is what I want there. Mm -hmm. And that's why the performance comes off so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. His brother's also in that too. Uh, his brother plays Ruby's boyfriend. Oh Mike, no, Michael, shit. Michael Chapman. That's like the the really? teenager. Oh, you shit. said he comes I'm from not, a family. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. crazy. Because I saw the two names and I was like, I looked at, I was like looking at, it. I was like, oh shit, these dudes, they gotta be related. Yeah, right. They both landed the same gig, you know what I mean? Like the same movie. Yeah, so it, it's, it could have been like while they were, you know, getting John, they're like, hey, this, he's hey, a got, actor yeah, my too, older brother too. They might have went to the, you know, together for auditions and they just oh, made sure. two cool. different parts. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then you said you just confirmed it by saying they come from a family of... Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I missed that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know, you need an assistant to help you, like, dust those bones Rob. sometimes you got to pull in the small brush dude yeah yeah exactly i got that small brush i can come in there thank you buddy you got it we also meet a uh, pearl harper here uh played by sally jane bruce mm -hmm. she did uh, so she to get this role she had actually won a very prestigious singing competition before film this film hmm. and uh we'll talk which later on like, which character is this pearl this is pearl oh the little, yeah the little girl she was funny yeah, uh, okay. this is the only film she ever did, oh, and yeah. I think she's also one of the only last surviving cast members of this film too, because she's still alive. Uh, and and unfortunately, there is a there's a portion where, where they're um, where she's singing, but they didn't use her voice. She's <laughs> an uh, adult for her part. What? Damn, that's yeah. Wild. I do like when their dad kind of tell confesses to um, Harry like why he did what he did you know what i mean it's like i'm like i see all these children i, I guess because of the depression and then after right. that like and war times and stuff like there's a lot of runaway kids and kids without families and shit like that and like he's like no way is that gonna happen to my kids right and i'm just like i can see you know it's so hard to make ends meet and so he decides to i don't know whatever rob that money yeah well, it's kind of, of the know. whole bonnie and clyde thing like that was happening around that time too it's mm -hmm. like hey you know take what you can take because the bank's stole because the idea was that the bank stole it from uh society it's like they yeah. can, they played around with people's money and yeah. they lost big time and it cost everybody so that was kind of a lot of the mindset of the general population mm -hmm. oh, shit. yeah don't trust banks that's where a lot of people started putting money in mattresses and stuff like that yeah yeah uh <laughs> yeah i like this moment too right before ben sticks up before he goes back to bed he sticks something in his mouth so he can't talk. yeah 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 you just keep talking, preacher. It was his yeah. stock. Yeah, I couldn't tell what it was. It looked like underwear or something. I was like, yeah, what? something gross. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was fine. And then we see too the preacher smuggled his blade into prison. I guess in his prison wallet. 
risen well the lord yeah the lord all full circle my enemies to yeah comes all the way back to what machete 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 <laughs> and he pray. You see how he prays with it? And yeah, with it out. Yeah, this is our like, this is our third like movie that like uh prominently displays a switchblade. We had Dirty Harry, we, we did, had yeah. the Warriors, and now we have this movie. Oh man, what that's like a dope. That's like the switchblade trilogy. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Like the unintentional <laughs> switchblade trilogy. Oh, oh yeah, and amigos. Only. Exactly. <laughs> I do. He's disturbed though. I noticed this moment when he's like praying in the moonlight, sort of. With yeah. this yeah. blade in his hand, as if it's like part of his prayer, like his ritual, and that the the money money is the Lord's doing, creature yeah. it's being presented so, to him. Yeah, you know, okay, because he's like, oh, oh, this guy Ben has knows where this money is, and I thank you, Lord. I know you're showing it to me. This is what it's I'm like, supposed to do next. Right. Yep. So I guess he is just mentally fucking disturbed because he just believes he's being told by the Lord, like this is my next move. I'm gonna go. I don't know. It's con manish too. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. It, it it felt hard to decipher. That was one of my gripes with it a little bit. Is it's just like, because it, it maj- majority of the movie, it's like he he's definitely comes across as just a serial killer out for for money and to live life, you know. But then there's these these weird points too, where it's like he driven by money. He yeah, John. He's a functional psychopath. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It just, so it's just weird. Like, it's like... We see this moment, too, where this guard goes after the hanging of um, mm-hmm. the dad. He works at the prison. He goes home. He sees his family or whatever and his kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he's, uh, yeah he's the executioner. Uh, so was that alluding to, like, was... The, I didn't was understand the scene. pretending to be him when he went to go see I, so uh, Ben's this family? Is my, it... This may be like one of the weirdest parts of the film. Like my understanding was that I think he, I think he was bothered by the fact that maybe he didn't feel that Ben Harper had done really all that much that, or does he didn't deserve to die at least. And it kind of like, he, he felt bad that he, cause he's just doing a job. Yeah. But you could tell it bothered him. It weighed on him for sure. Yeah. Now, but now it's like leaving essentially two, uh, uh, a, a widow, and two children behind and the fact that like he didn't tell like what was going on that he stayed strong he, because ben right, harper believed money. in what he did he didn't feel like what he did is wrong but he was willing to face up to the consequences of what he did right. uh with dignity and that's there's something to that so i think that bothered the 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 executioner he's like i don't want to i, I uh, this is such a weird time in society and i don't like what i did I yeah. I get all that, but I mean, like, what it didn't go anywhere? What, why? I that's the one thing. It's like I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I, and maybe this is this goes back to like whatever that original screenplay was. Maybe there's something more to that. Maybe there was oh, more sure. of an interaction. Yeah. In the prison that we just don't get. Or, yeah, because yeah. I, I I had thought maybe he was like uh you know he was working with the preacher or something like it like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It just it seemed like that was a setup for something to fall later, and it just kind of never came. Well, because like the next thing is like the preacher presenting himself. I'm sorry, Heidelberg. No, what'd you say? I was saying is like later on that becomes like a little bit of a redemption story for this guy too, because when he does get a chance to hang uh, our our main character, he enjoys it because he deserves it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Okay, so that's yeah. Then I can see how they work that back in. Then, Um, like I said, there. I understand like John's confusion because that's also maybe like one of the the parts of the film. I'm like, 
I could have maybe like we could have cut that maybe. I, I mean, I maybe I just thought, like you said, it was just presenting us with this like moral question of like, well, what, what, how would you feel if you had, you know what I mean? Like, yes, sure, this like, guy's a criminal and and he did something, but does he necessarily need to die? And and what is that? What is the weight of the that like on the guy who has to pull the fucking lever? Or, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Right. I don't know. Maybe just a little tangent the film took for a moment there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know? Some symbolism based around the other stuff going on with Mitchum's character and John. Right. I, I don't know. There is a lot. There is some like different themes going on. Definitely with this film. There's a sort of a mishmash of it a little bit. Yeah. There's like a theme of orphanism or I don't even know if that's a real word, but like, um, you know, being an orphan. orphanism. Uh, we might orphanism. could maybe assume that what's his name? Orphanism. <laughs> I suffer from orphanism. Um, but if um, I don't know, like Mitchum's character, may, maybe he's an orphan. I don't know. He feels like a guy who's been on the road. All I could life, see that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like and that's, that's why he cons in a sense. Um, he probably got fucked over. But, like, you know, he his mom probably like did some horrible shit to him, like when he was younger. Yeah, and, and that's why he hates like, women. Yeah. And that's why they're his main targets. And it's not a sexual thing. He doesn't gratify himself. It feels like sexually no. with them. No, it definitely yeah, he just yeah. kills them. I think he's a virgin, actually, if I had to if I had to take a guess. Yeah. It's yeah. weird though, because he's charming. He's got Riz for sure. Oh, as for sure. He's got swag for days. And and his mouthpiece. Like he can talk. He, he has oh, a yeah. like he's charming the show. Speaking of which, so we meet the mother works at the ice cream candy shop, and he when he finally does come, he charms the shit off of uh uh, what's her name? Icy Spoon, who played by actress Evelyn uh, Varden. It is. Yeah. Who's her boss? He's their mother's boss, John and uh, Pearls. And um, she played Monica, the landlord and lady in yeah. Bad Seed, which you were on. Yeah, you were on. I think it was episode 90 or something like that of A Cut Above. Rob came on. The, for that. Yeah, the Bad Seed. And she played like kind of like, like a similar thing. character. She played like a busybody sort of landlady with the you know a heart of gold kind of deal. But... Dude, she was just so. And that, this, she think, was. God, that character fucking sucked. And that's just she like, plays it well though. She does. I obviously she did her job right. She did a great job, right? If you're watching, if you end up and you're just like, God, that bitch was annoying. It's like, word. Well, then she smoked that role, dude. Like in the beginning, in the beginning, when like right after the dad's dead, she's trying to like hook up, fucking what's her name with? Uh, I think you should be with what's his name. And... Yeah, and bad mouthing the dad, like that was right like... in front of the kids. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I didn't like so that. Fun. As if like John's not old enough to understand what the fuck's going on. Yeah, get the fuck, fuck out of here, that bitch, dude. She's horrible. She's a, uh, like, she, I don't know. She's not like, I don't want her to die or anything like that, but she definitely, I don't know. There's moments of the film where she, her and Walt, I think are, are cool characters. Like they mean well for what's her name, but sure. they're, you know, they don't have the bigger picture. They're also, I think that might've been some of the religious things too, is like, like followers, they were, just... they were easily, you know, wrapped up in the preacher's bullshit because they were just like, well, he's a preacher, you know what I mean? And he's charming. Like, obviously, right, yeah. Right. Like, I, I, had, I heard someone mention her as like, she's like the stupid religious person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then in the end, they get all fucking crazy over it, right? Like, right. So, yeah. It's just like, to me, it was like the like blind people just blindly following. You know what sheep, I mean? I guess, that, if you will. That's how it seemed. You know, you got, you yeah. got like the, the guy that she, who she's with, who's a fucking great character. I like that guy. Well, uh, that shit was the best scene in the movie <laughs> best scene in the movie and it's not the even close. snaps i think or pulls that shit out he's like oh we got a little bit of and she's like oh that's for sickness <laughs> <laughs> sorry ma <laughs> you know i need a little bit yeah mother 
They call yeah, they oh, call their... sorry, Ma, just gonna give a little pull here. <laughs> <laughs> Walt's great. I like Walt. Yeah. Dude, that guy is like he is so like whipped, you know, from oh, yeah. Icy Yeah. Oh, I dude, mean, it's yeah. Not, it's, it feels like a fair place. Like, yeah. Exactly, yeah. She's a horrible wife. She's a horrible person. Uh but let's talk about like uh Shelly Winters' character, uh Willa Harper. So Shelly Winters, you guys might uh you know, she's been in movies like A Place in the Sun, Lolita. You guys might remember her I've from Roseanne. Uh, she was Nana Mary from Roseanne. Do you guys do you guys remember that? I don't. I remember Which Roseanne. Character? I'm not going to remember Nana Mary. Though. She was she was uh, Roseanne's great grandmother. Yeah. Wow. No. Yeah. That's like. A... Really? Oh, wow. OK. Oh, really? You don't remember old Nana Nana? <laughs> Whatever the fuck her name is. What's That's her name? Old Nanny Mary. <laughs> Nana Mary. Sorry, mom, you don't remember episode uh, episode thirteen of season five of Roseanne, where in Nana Mary fucking <laughs> went there, to twenty break. minutes thirteen fifty nine and fourteen twenty. Who's me? Sorry, fellas. I mean, uh, I know Roseanne. I was just that was yeah. like a deep pull, Roseanne. Fucking. Yeah. <laughs> if she was an action figure. It'd be like limited well, you know edition. What? You know, Andy got it. Andy from Circle of Jerks, so my co-host, he got it. So, anyways. Uh, actresses that desperately wanted to play that pursued the part uh, for Willa Harper were Grace Kelly, which would have been a bad choice for this one because she's too elegant. Uh, Agnes Moorhead and Betty Grable. But Laden chose winners because she was a former student of his for uh, Shakespeare. Because uh, Laden taught Shakespeare, you know, in his private time. And she was also one of the Actually, early yeah. members of the yeah. actress studio. In my private time yeah not not it wasn't it, it didn't feel like because uh charles Lawton, he was already he was married at this point uh he was married to the bride of frankenstein elsa lancaster who yeah. we've uh talked about in uh murder by death real smoke show nice yeah uh if oh, we yeah. could to be honest i i didn't love her character but i'd i i'm gonna get to that in a little while there's moments that her character just feels weird um, but I do like more about the kids too. I like that John, like the story of uh, John's telling his sister of the African king who gave his uh, gave him his son uh, the gold, right? To um, protect it's their story yeah. from the bad man. Yeah, it's his story. He's just telling it to her in a different way, you know. Uh, right. If the bad men come, and you know, obviously, like it, like you said, it's his story, and he's just kind of giving this message to his sister, who's I I at this moment I didn't know that she's in on the whole thing like she knows where the money is um I thought it was stashed and then but we do see after like the dad's taken away mom consoles the sister and John runs off so maybe that's maybe he got the cash and then it was his idea to put it in the doll probably yeah um, or maybe that's that where just dad stashed it originally I don't know I, I I assume dad stashed it somewhere like out in the back or behind the shed or under something but um I like the moment in their room, though. He tells that story, and then Pearl points, like, right when he says about the bad man coming. Pearl yeah. points to the wall, and we see the silhouette. And you get that musical sting. Uh-huh, of the hat. That, yeah. The man that was a sick hat. part, for sure. Yeah. And John looks outside, and you get the iconic shot of the preacher posted outside on the fence that I'm using behind my background under the streetlight. Yeah. And he's just glaring at the house, and it's unsettling, like, the shot. Just without music, without anything, really. It's just, just the creepy... Even if this was this is a soundstage, you're saying, yeah, they film this. It looks great. Like it looks, the darkness just looks really good. Seemed like that uh, that shot in The Exorcist, you know, when he's just outside yeah. looking up when like, he shows up to the house, right? And then you just get that uh, that leaning, mm-hmm. leaning, and he walks away on the everlasting. <laughs> arm. 
John dismisses it. Like, oh, it's just some guy. Took it as and like I, like that song. I like that hymn, but I'll never hear that one the same ever again. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely unsettling. I like the way he sort of just because that's the moment where we realize like, oh, he's out. Right. I don't because they yeah, didn't really the, establish well, uh, we, we had gotten the allusions to that is like is uh, while Icy is talking about like uh, to uh, Willa, it's like, you know, is it, you can't raise two kids alone. It's like you just see like the you get that musical scene it's like dun, dun, and like the train is coming like into town and stuff like that. So, they you know, had, that... like he sent letters from prison or something like I know. You're... Oh, that would no, have been a I good think, idea. Yeah. I don't think so, because he knew the name and he knew the town where this guy was from. And so he was kind of doing his we, we don't see whatever investigation or crazy shit that he was doing, but he knew where to go. Yeah. No, I'm not saying I'm saying like, imagine if. When when Mitchum's character was still in prison, he kind of wrote to Ben's wife and was like, hey, I knew your husband, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, he told me to maybe, and, oh, I mean, he could have set yeah. his, you know, he could have set it up for him to come into town. And because it felt like to me, like when he does introduce himself, like he's presenting himself as I, I, I didn't take it like he was saying, like, oh, I was a bunkmate of his. Like, was he no, saying he, he was a prisoner? No, he was Sound like he, he said he worked the, there, right? The chaplain of that prison that. Oh, ben OK, Hart- OK. And that's where the preacher part comes in more. Yeah, yeah. It's, I got you. It's a great lie because yeah. it, <laughs> it must fun. have like I must have missed out in that one part of dialogue because I was like, OK, he worked at the prison and then they had just shed, set up the the guard before that. So with the executioner, so I was like, oh, OK, I thought maybe he was like pretending to be that guy. And that's what the movie was trying to set up for us. Yeah. To follow along. I like the, the moments where, too, we see John down by the water hanging out with this like old timer. Yeah. Uncle, Uncle Birdie, <laughs> and they have that coffee is- together. The old man spikes his. <laughs> yeah, what does he say? He's like, uh, "Oh, I need an extra shot." And oh, wow, yeah, I need to clean up my coffee a little bit. You know, you know, warm up the boilers in the morning. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's old at my age. Uh, that's right. Um, so James Gleason is the guy who plays Uncle Birdie, just kind of a, a working actor who's been in a uh, you know ton of projects. He was a uh, also he was a playwright and a screenwriter for many films. He was also he wrote the screenplay for the second film to ever win Best Picture at the Oscars. And oh, that shit. film is called The Broadway Melody. The second hmm. picture ever to win an Oscar? Yeah. So with the second annual Oscars, yeah. he won Best Screenplay. No shit. Oh, damn. Fucking. So was Prohibition going on during this time? No. Yeah. Well, so this, so yes, the film is done in the fifties, but it's set in pro in the thirties. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes more sense then. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense then. Yeah. That's why the alcohol is kind of like it's kind of hidden, but like you know, right. people are still drinking it. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense because he's so like he tells that story too. Like she got into the she got the into the alcohol. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, damn, bro. Like it's just a she wants to have a couple drinks or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <but>. yeah, totally. <laughs> now I get it. It's the devil. And then was this shot in black and white uh, intentionally yeah. or was intentionally? Okay, it was. Yeah, like I said, I, he's harkening. He's harkening back. Oh, so so he's harkening back to uh, Charles Lawton's harkening back to the silent era. But the uh, cinematographer, uh, a guy by the name of Stanley Cortez, who had worked with guys like Orson Welles, yeah, and like he's doing a lot more like modern he, stuff. Yeah, he's done a whole bunch of stuff, but he he's a guy that's able to kind of capture the and. They use a special film that would uh, make the 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 whites very white and the blacks mm-hmm. very black. You can got see it. it in my background, just like the fence and stuff like that. It, For yeah. sure, I like it, and it's got like a noir sort of vibe to it. Um, oh yeah, 
you know i just yeah. i can't tell I, rob i know you pick old flicks and i definitely don't have a lot of background in them so when these black and white ones pop up i'm just like is this fucking really black and white or is it pretend black and white like what i think that's no, no, interesting no, no. too when it's an aesthetic choice that a film yeah totally made when he didn't have yeah. to go black and white you know right adds to it. something they, like the lighthouse yeah oh no, no it's not like the lighthouse this was actually like they chose a special film that is black it's a black and white film mm -hmm. They went, but they had like they had done some experiments with uh, like with black and white to kind of for like noir films, yeah, yeah. and they, that's what they went with with this. So that's why, like, it seems like man, it's like really dark and really yeah, bright I, in certain areas. And like, they used those lights and shadows for like you know what they would do with like noir films. So this is a special film, like, this I think that this works can, too for the theme, like, the this stand, yeah, this stands the out from a lot of other black and white films. Mm -hmm. well it makes sense yeah where one thing I, I like i didn't i so the preacher shows up and he's like instantly like worming his way into every like the family and the, the dynamic like quickly and i just thought they kind of rushed that a little bit where like all of a sudden the uh willa gets married to him like next thing you know he's like talking to the boy like oh man you're going faster in that era by the way because i know like, i know but for a for a narrative it just feels rushed you know what i mean like yeah I well, and like I said, this is uh, you know, it this movie moves at a pace that is really quick, yeah. Uh, and I think it's, I think there's a reason for that. I don't know, like, what exactly why it's you know, it moves that quickly, other than like it was edited down so quickly. Mm -hmm. But sure. you know, he, I wonder too, you know, he's a fast talker, so you know, he yep. you know, makes his moves quick, man. No, I mean, like, I you get know, that. They he could have showed a little bit of him fast talking his way around with his hands. The you know the story of left hand, right hand, and you know gets it gets the story. You know, I hated that fucking whole bit, dude. That was so dumb. Like, well, when know. he intertwines them, yeah, and he's <laughs> like, and the love conquers the hate. And the I thought hate it was funny because he's kind of playing. But then the love comes back, and in the end, love always wins. He's playing to the kids, you know, but as, as the fucking adults are drinking it in too, like fucking yeah, uh, dude, icy spoons like... all like. <laughs> and that's why I really like it. The the, the character at the end, the old lady, like he's you know he's like, would you like to hear Mrs. the story? Cooper. And she's oh, just I like, love it. Nope. like she sees right through. Wait, no, it, you know what oh, I mean? Mrs. Cooper, I will get to her, bro. Yeah, yeah, she's one of my favorite characters, actually. Yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know who she was when we got the disembodied, you know, old lady head in the right, beginning. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, but because uh, we do see that, like, the preacher has a lot of swag. Like, with oh, for sure, he whatever. Rolls it. Yeah, he, he rolls can it. just get his, you know, he can convince himself into a fucking a ladies' room if he had to. Like, I gotta pee in there, please, please. Yeah, man. exactly. Please, yeah, I'm like, oh, please go. Uh, but yeah, um, I, Willis says it's awfully soon after Ben's passing. And that she doesn't really, I don't know, like, because she's trying to be hooked up with, uh, what's his name, the preacher, by old lady Icy Spoon. She's got to right. have a first name, right? It said Icy Spoon in IMDb. Maybe yeah, it's Icy. That's her real name. It's, it's Icy stupid, Spoon? But... Okay. But yeah, she's, like, definitely a busybody, like, trying to hook them up. And, like, I do like the moment where Willis says, like, there's something on with the boy. He doesn't like the preacher. And he's holding on to something between him and his dad still. Right. And then she's like, oh, that's natural. He's like, she's like, no, she knows it's like something different. And she's like, I right. think it's about the money. So I kind of like that. They kind of like the mother's intuition. She knows totally. something's still going on with John. Agreed. internally. Because we don't really know how much time's passed in this film no. either. I think time passes a little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But there's time that passes. You know, for sure. so I'm assuming maybe Ben's been dead a little while, you know, and maybe that's why it just feels fast for me. 
Yeah. But this is where we get the bringing in the she's bringing, you know, it's going to get that whole number. He's just singing along with the town. Yep. Yep. And Ben, uh, I mean, not Ben, uh, Preacher tells John when he gets a little alone time. Uh, No, no, not. I'm sorry. When he's talking to the mother, he has a moment with the mother. And I guess his his idea is that he's going to pretend like he knows where the money is. And then son's going to confirm or somebody there will confirm it or. So we won't we, confirm it. He'll no, be able to tell whether they're lying or not. Right. And that I think, the so, is there. I think this is a clever part of the film because mm-hmm. so Harry Powell is lying. He's uh, and he's lying yeah, to he's Willis. Like, you know, old brother Harper, he threw that money in the river. Yeah. And, so, and then when like they he she like waves over John and Pearl and John's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I just want to let you know that your 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 father told me and all this stuff and it's like he gave me a secret to tell you and it's like and he threw that money and I think at this point like John is like willing to listen and he's like well if my dad told this guy this guy must be okay until he gets it and, wrong yeah and then when right. he tells them like that he threw it in the river it's like I see him smile fucker I knew yeah. he was lying it's like confirmation uh-huh. yeah 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 uh-huh. and he smiles like, too like as if it's like he's smiling and inside, like, haha, you, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But he's also smiling to confirm to uh, what's his name? Like, oh, yeah, you got it right. Yeah, totally. It's in yeah. The, yeah, it's in the fucking uh, lake. Yeah. Stop. Don't look for it. Can't yeah. get it there, you know. But I do like this moment. Uh, what I don't like, what I really don't like is the mom here. She says some wild ass shit. Mom says really weird. She goes, I feel clean now. My whole body is just quivering with cleanness. Yeah. And then she like puts <laughs> yeah. her hand on what's his name's chest and looks. She's like looking at the preacher affectionately and then walks away. And it, there's just like, I know it's the timing to like the time, the era, like how women were kind of treated. And I don't know, like it's just so weird that she's like doting on this guy right away. And then the way well, she just said, my whole body's quivering with cleanness, like, um, and then just walks out of the scene. I just, it, it just felt weird to me. Yes. So here's why I think we've been set up for this, right? Because at the beginning, Ben Harper was saying, it's like, you have sense, boy. Your mom doesn't. That's why I'm yeah, telling you. Yeah, she's off, right? Right. That's what yeah. I'm taking from this. She's uh, just off. Like, after losing her the, husband, it's the like whole she cracked. idea of her character, she is a fly that is attracted by the spider. You know, it's yeah. like by the spider's web. They have that that's... symbolism later with the um, webbing. Yes. So that's the whole kind of idea. She is a not she's not dumb but she's a simpleton she's caught that yeah. just gets caught up in like what because she is a scared woman and she's being manipulated on a lot of sides it's not oh, yeah. just the it's just not just the preacher it's fucking yeah, the icy old lady yeah because i talking her in the it. town talking shit her. to her and her family the entire time it's like there was that whole time like where john and pearl are walking through town and that that one other bitch that you know came out like john's looking at the watch it's like it's like er, you know that frumpy was like oh you're gonna tell where your dad talked they you know told that money you know, it's like you know, yeah it's that's that's what this lady is under so that's why i think she she's not smart and it just she's comes across as weird that line like that bit of dialogue yeah, i'm yeah, just like something's yeah. off with this lady there's definitely like a, a 30 saying like but i'm the, not equivering with anything you know it's like, it was just yeah. weird like she was in a trance or something the way she spoke I feel like so a, fly, a, a fly caught by a spider. She's in trance. I'll be honest, spider. her acting's not all that great. It's kind of one. Of, I think her acting's lacking compared to some of the other adults that are acting. Well, acting it's stuff. funny. Like the these, like 
this era of like Shelly winners, like with a place in the sun, this film and Lolita, she does. She, she might just be how what we've written for her too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I do feel like probably lady parts weren't all thought of as that you have these men, right? Not as much meat on the bone. Yeah. And the men are the main characters in most of their films. So they fucking focus really full on them. And then the lady characters are just thrown in, you know what I mean? It's okay. I got something that I'll put that that script here uh, in a couple of picks from, from now (laughs) And I kind of feel, yeah, I, I feel bad for the kids because it does speak on the theme of the film that Mrs. Cooper speaks on later mm-hmm. is like how kids can adapt to their ex- like their they situation are, and they just they accept it sort of like humbly. Yeah. And they remain humble about it. You know what I mean? And it's like they could be in poverty or whatever on the road. Like they could very resilient. Yeah. Kids are humans at their strongest, according to Ms. Cooper. Yeah. When you're there, because the Lord's given you like the most strength to endure. At Which a young is, age. It's like a tree growing, like you said, like, you know what I mean? Like bearing fruit. So like the yeah. the children are the fruit, you know what I mean? And they grow strong if you grow them strong. Right. But, you know, if someone like the preacher gets a hold of them, you know, who knows how he would have raised those kids. I wonder if he got the money, would he have just left the kids behind? No, uh, I think he would have killed them. Killed them? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. He, that he, he already he killed other killed kids, kids, right? He did. Okay. Because there's this weird moment later we can get to. There's a. I don't know. There's weird moments between him and John later, later. Yeah. Where there's like, I don't know. Like he was, a, a sub, I guess it just speaks on John. Cause this is another part of my notes right here. Anyway, is that like, John's just kind of looking for like a father figure. Cause he hangs out with birdie a lot. Right. Um, which I do like, we get these moments of him and birdie kind of spending some time together. And with his father gone, I could just imagine hanging out with birdie is like nice for him to have an older male, you know, role model sort of. In a yeah, totally. Um, but then preacher shows up and tries to be that for a moment. It feels like he tries to at least put on an act, but it's not. He tries, long. yeah. He lets it go pretty quick. Yeah. I, I think once he sees John sees through him, it's kind of like but both sides were like, it's like you're talking about. Like he's looking for this father figure. He's looking for the money, so he's kind of willing to put on an act for a little bit, yeah. right? But then as once soon he, as the gig is kind of up, they both were like, word. Mm-hmm. And once he finds out that the money is there somewhere, like. He, right. Once he confirms it, because John slips about. Sure. Now he's got his information. Dude, so now he's pressing so a little harder. John, because he's like, oh shit! Okay. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's he knows he should have confirmed it's there. Shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We ain't keeping it's... secrets now, are we, children? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Let's talk God. about our secrets. Oh, and it's sharing of the riches together, dude. Children without <laughs> the D in it is just so. Cre- oh, you know what I mean, children. children. Jesus. <laughs> it, will you stop saying it like that? Oh my goodness. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It, it's um so I like this moment too. It's like their wedding day or like their wedding night. Yeah. And Willa, this speaks a lot on Ooh. on what's his name's character, the preacher. Big character. She tries moment. to like seduce him, right? It's their wedding night, and she comes yeah. out in like a little like uh you know, an old fashioned nighty. She looks great, by the she way. Looks like, she's, oh, yeah, she looks, looks very attractive. Shelly Winters at this time super sexy. She turns it on. And he doesn't want to be intimate at all with her. He, and he just like fucking claims she's a mother and like her body is meant for children and not lusting. Forget, men. Forgetting yeah. kids. And then he says, like, do you plan on you want to have more kids? Do you want right. me to have you want to have kids with me? And she said no. And then he says, well, then what, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Right. I'm not going to make love to you if we're not having children, because that's what right. He's like, this is, you know, I'm, I'm hearing them for us to mind getting these two brought up. You know what I mean? Like he he makes a comment about like, that's, that's our job. I'm in this together. So me and you can bring these two up, not bring more in. My theory is that first of all, he's a virgin and he was Mm -hmm. never going to have sex with her anyway. So he wanted to degrade her 
Yeah, I don't and think he planned on having like, sex yeah. with her. That might be what draws him out to be a killer at the end, too, because like he fakes his way in, but then when things push the the point of intimacy, too, might trigger him, too, maybe. like. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? Like, he can only keep that, that going for so long until whoever you're wooing, you know, is going to want to be intimate with you, right? And then if he's oh, yeah. that type of person that just can't do intimacy. Even Dexter had know, to That's when he it. kills. Yep, that's when yeah. he kills and fucking leaves and moves on to the next one. I don't know. It's 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 such a really it's a crazy character. It's he I love it. He's a little it. crazy, yeah. <laughs> Especially in this scene, he's all tucked in for bed. He's like, I was, yeah, and he's like, I was praying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was it would have been funny if he was would... whacking it. Oh, look at if yourself wife... in the mirror, woman. Tell me what <laughs> yeah. you see. Yeah, it's flesh. Was in the Eve's flesh movie. wrapped around your body, woman. Now get yeah. in bed and quit quivering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good, John. If my if my wife was into black and white movies, she would love this film because she likes psychos in movies. Yeah. She, his wife had a heaving bosom too. I was like, dude, yeah. what are you doing? It's I'm rocking tits. Bro. Like Chili Winters is rocking it, buddy. Yeah, I was like, come on. And I felt really bad for her too, because like oh, for she's sure. all like, Oh, I'm gonna you know, she's I'm gonna please my man. It's my wedding night. I'm you know, she's I'm I've been looking forward to being, you know, intimate again. Yeah. And then, like, he just turns it on her, and she, the way she, like, clenches up and, like, sh- like goes to cover up her breasts a little bit. It's not like you can yeah. see them, but you can see that they're loose, right? She's not wearing right. a bra or something. So right. it's like, oh, my God, that's not what I meant, even though she and, did, but she, now she feels ashamed. Yeah, and yeah he breaks her. her to, like, I hate that for look her. Look in the mirror, it's like, look how evil you are, and, like, kind of yeah. just degrade. Oh, it's so horrible. She even says, like, I, Lord, give me strength so I can be what Harry wants, wants me to me be. To I'm be. like, damn, bro, this shit is fucked up. Like, this woman's yeah, for sure. You know, kind of brainwashed into having to do whatever she, you know, I don't mean just trying to get the acceptance of the next man in her life. Maybe I don't know. I'm wondering if they're speaking on that or if that's just the way the character was written. You know what I mean? Um, I like I said, you, that's a good question because I, I know like what Laden was trying to do with the dialogue in this film, mm-hmm. and you know there are people within religion who do feel that way it's like oh you know it's it's where they're you know we're the only time we're gonna procreate is when we're gonna have kids and if we're not gonna have yeah, kids woman's role eight, is yeah. to raise the kids and keep them yeah i feel like that's kind of left now that's for like no, very very not... far extreme mm-hmm. fringe cases like it's kind of you know what i mean like that, that has become back in the, during this time too, they're just her just her mental state, I guess, too. Maybe she was just, it's just like she's able to latch on to whatever's next because she's just kind of out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah, this yeah. guy, like, he'll do whatever no to please this guy. Right. To keep him around. You know what I mean? But I just, it did feel, I felt bad for her character in this Oh, moment. for sure. Yeah, she, I feel like she goes through the most out of all the characters in the film. You know, she's, she definitely go, loses her first husband, knows her kids are getting put through it, and yeah. you know, ultimately goes through it herself. So, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I feel I do kind of feel when you speak when you speak about it like that. She did. Her character is definitely going through a lot. And you see how she's going through a lot. Yeah, it's it's horrible what happens to her. Yeah, her death. We'll get on that to that. I do like that, though. Obviously, you guys knew I was going to say that. But um, she's saying, yeah, help me get clean. That's what she says. Get clean so I can be what Harry wants me to be. And then she speaks at the rally next we see, which right. feels yeah. like time's passed at this moment. And he's like got a little bit of a following preaching, maybe. Yeah. And there's like she's blaming herself for what Ben did, like yeah. she wasn't a good enough woman to him, and that's why he went out. And I don't think that any money. of that should happen. I think she's lying. She's just saying like what whatever oh, sure. is going to be really. I think she's yeah, lying to herself. That... I think she does believe it. Well, she believes it, but I don't think that any of that should happen. Yeah, I don't think that's how it went down either. 
I could I could be wrong, but I don't think she like I think this is kind of she's like become Harry's puppet at this point. He's just yeah. So you're saying the scene of her talking to at a conversation that's real. Are you yes. saying it's not real? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it's yeah. real. He I'm just saying what, what she's, she's saying. actually speaking about. Like, hey, he went out to go fucking steal money so I could have clothes and paint myself with it. Like that. Well, I, that's, that's what she's allowed, I think, the preacher to make her think. You know what I mean? Right. Like, exactly. But exactly. now she does actually believe it because she's been. He believes it, but it didn't it. actually happen. That's what right. I'm saying. Well, I mean, it happened in a sense of like maybe the guy did bring gifts or whatever, or she wore makeup. And then she's just using that as like. Oh, look at these things that I don't. These material things that we don't need. That's in life. how I, But we that know I that that's not why Ben stole the money. No, we we do know that. I'm just saying, like she believes what she's saying. Right. She's been you know converted. I mean? And these things did happen. Like maybe he brought her things, or like she's just taking things in her old life and thinking differently about them now. Like, oh, this these were sins. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this I don't is, need well, these material things, that... and I forced my husband to go. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. For yeah, me, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. This is what happens in the cultures. Like they get like transformed exactly. and like exactly, they just say whatever. Well, like when someone sympathizes with their their abuser. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Um, Stockholm syndrome or something like that, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah. she's definitely spun out at this part by this. Yeah. Time, yeah. Like, and then that's was interesting to have her in all black too. There. Yeah, she's dressed differently. Yeah, I thought that was in a little black. weird. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely cultish vibes too, because yeah, like fire yeah. burning, and shit. And right? Exactly the, the torches, and, mm-hmm. and his uh, his his like style, his ideology is not necessarily like your garden variety regular uh, Catholicism or like Christianity. It feels like Fuck, no, it isn't made up. Like he's he's made this shit up on his own, basically. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, Shooting so it from the it's, yeah, it's 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 loosey goosey for sure. But um, yeah, and we see that this moment we see where the money is. It's in Pearl's doll, and she like opened the doll up, and she's cutting the oh, money dude. origami fucking thing. Like, girl, what you doing? Yeah, my god, like this scene is so fucking tense. It is the way it's like, they shoot it. So it's like you know, it's like they're gonna get caught. Like it's yeah. just like she's gonna find the money, and everyone's gonna die. And John is like, oh shit, Pearl, what are you doing? And uh-huh. he's just trying as quickly as he can to stuff everything back in the doll. And then the preacher. And like the, the way door. that they fo- they focus in on the feet of Harry Powell is like, and you you hear him say like, "Children, yeah, yep. what are you guys doing? Are you you're supposed to come inside? Oh, I just sure. putting real stuff away. Like, yeah, you know, that your plan? Away. <laughs> and you said the way the you said the 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 uh, the way they did with the film, it shows in the scene with the money and stuff like. It, you could see the highlights of like the 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 light hitting the money, and then the light coming from behind Harry and the porch and the way it's lit with the kids' silhouettes. And, and then Harry's you're like, why are, it's like, why are they not focusing on Harry? Is they're focusing in on like his feet, and then all of a sudden, as he walks down the stairs, you see the money blow by him. It's like, and he doesn't notice it. Not, those two pieces like, that she cut, they yeah. got most of it in the bag, and then those two pieces blow past his feet. I thought that was great as they're going around him, and then the uh, John like kind of holds on to the doll. Yeah, you know, as he approaches Harry, because Harry's like, "Hold on, son, you know, hold on, John, I want to talk to you for a minute." Yeah, I like this though. Uh, that's it was intense because you should have like get that money in the fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. looking. You don't know what he can see from that angle either. So yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, like are they gonna get caught? Is this is this it? Is this the end? Yeah, and then the the next scene, the, the we see the mother talking to the uh, her boss again, the old busybody, the uh, spoons. Yep. She says the boy is stubborn and as mulish as a sheep. And I just feel like 
Isn't he just mulish then? Like as a mule? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I get a sheep could be mulish, but like it just feels I don't know. Maybe she never dealt with a mule, so she compared it to a sheep being mulish. But it's, yeah, you know, being stubborn. But it just felt weird that she she used a mule to describe <laughs> a, yeah, another animal. It's funny. I thought that was interesting. I was like, maybe that was just an old way of talking. Yeah. Uh, and the preacher gets uh, the preacher interrogates the boy a little bit. Right mm-hmm. when he finally, this is where he starts like giving up. Like I'm not he, here for your mama. Yeah, I'm he's not here for your daddy. I want. Where's the fucking money? I'm getting tired. Where's of the money? Stepdad. Yeah. Where's the fucking money? Where's Sean? the money, Lebowski? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always oh, down there the somewhere. Money? Let me take another look. Lebowski. John's bad. Yeah. Cool marmot. <laughs> but uh, he used a uh, pearl to get John excited, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he gets the preacher. Um. He hits the preacher in the head with the hairbrush. I didn't see that coming. I was like, damn. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. Yeah, he yeeted that thing. And the preacher didn't get mad. No, he played it pretty cool. Yeah, because Pearl, he he knows that Pearl is going to be the key to breaking this whole thing open. Pearl's kind of, you know, she's young, she's naive, and she's kind of smitten on him. Very young. Mm -hmm. Can I tell Daddy Powell's? Like, no. Bitch, I don't know. She wants to tell him about the money. Because she's like, well, he's her dad now. So we should share this with him. I don't know why John included his sister in this in the first place. Yeah, I think I think because she was she was there. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the only. That's yeah, the reason. Was, I felt yeah, like but he I don't got some money there when he put it in the doll, right? Yeah, well, I no, guess he, I... she was. She saw well, then, the whole. Why thing. put it in the doll at all? Yeah, you know and like why? Well, this is like that was like he had like a, a matter of a minute to figure. You know, it's like where can I hide the money so it doesn't get caught and they they'll have something. A pearl's doll. Perfect. Yeah, no one's gonna think to look there. I mean, he's a kid, so yeah, I get it. Like, he's not thinking clearly, and he kept it in the doll for like a for a minute too. So it was like always in the doll. Yeah, I would have. I would have moved it from the yeah. doll to something else at some point. Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's it like, would have felt safer like, to me. But who's gonna look in her doll uh, of all things? But like, it's a doll, so she's gonna leave it some way. So like, right. forget she's about playing it. Playing with like, it all the time. Yeah. yeah, it's high risk for sure. Yeah, I left it on at church. I don't know. Like, who knows? Right. But yeah. And so the preacher does get, he gets nasty with Pearl here, too. Oh, yeah. And he gets her, uh, you know, alone. Sean doesn't matter. But Willa hears it when she's approaching the house. Yep. So she's she can't deny that, you know what I mean? Like, I was wondering if she was going to deny her. They were going to play it like she didn't hear it. And there's an exchange when she walks in where, like, he tries to play off, like, oh, we were playing around. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. And then she looks and she sees her kid went down to the attic or whatever, right? Yeah. I'm in the uh, cellar. And she, and yeah. she goes, she, like, she could tell what there. happened. Yeah. And, this right. is, and this is way where she figures like, oh, fuck. And this yeah. is where she dies after this. Because right. she, well, this is the realization of like everything has been like it. Like and I, she even literally says those words in the bed when she's laying there. But she like it all. Cl- it's, she's like, damn, like I, my kid was right. I should have listened to him. I didn't. Yeah. And she sacrificed herself. Yeah, uh, she's given up. She's she's definitely given up. I don't see a sacrifice. I feel that she gave up. I don't like actually her death, to be honest. Like Harry strikes her that night for asking about the money or whatever. Yeah. Like when he's asking, oh, and then she, and that was a he real kills her, slap, buddy. Let me tell yeah. you. Okay, he kills her with her with his knife, and I don't mind the scene or anything. Like I like the moment of him like kind of holding the on. big shot. Yeah. yeah, and like her in the bed and being like, mm-hmm. I don't know, finally coming to grips with the fact that she's been duped or whatever. That's fine. But I don't, to be honest, I do not love the scene of just like her laying there and Willa just lays there and doesn't fight for herself, doesn't fight for her children's lives. Oh, like you say just like the acceptance of it? Yeah. And then like preachers, 
that is her character. She has done this her whole life. I don't know that she's just, I don't know. It just, she's, uh, she has no sense. And she realizes, like, you know, this is, she's going to die. So instead of she, but it's kind of fucked up that she doesn't fight back or like kind of try to get her kids out of there. I feel like a mother would fight for her kids, but but know. she has no sense. That's the whole idea. She is she has in, been entrapped in Harry Powell's. Uh, tr- I think you know, you're shooting the movie a little bail. That's what I think you're doing. You're bailing it out. I'm, you're bailing it no, out. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you are. I get it. It's a favorite of yours, but they could still have flaws. And no, I think I'm not her character that. is one of them. Flaw. I'm, I'm not saying that this isn't a flaw, but I'm just saying this is. The whole idea of like because her, her character is not a strong character at all yeah i get that and it, but sometimes i wonder if it's if it's meant to be that way or We've if never it's seen because of the sign of the friend. times you know what i mean like yeah they just don't write good women characters for a lot of films you know what i mean so like well, we do but we do get a good female character very quickly we do later on we only get her a little bit yeah but she's great that's what i'm saying her character has been set up as being kind of a loser she I guess sucked. to show the contrast too of like how Mrs. Yeah. Cooper is sort of, but you know, even though she's not these kids' mothers, she treats you them know, like it's her. like because we have we yeah have... that's a good point. The contrast is pretty pretty hard there, right? I guess yeah. when you look at those two characters side by side, they 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 are pretty hardcore opposites. And I get her if she's had a mental break or depressed that she just gives into it. I get it, but I I just don't love it. To be yeah, honest. I, it's hey, fine I, if I that's what they it. wanted. They're shooting for it. And I get everything. it. I just, I didn't love it as a, I don't know. I mean, your kids are in the next room. You're just going to yeah. die and let them live with this guy. Like, you're not even going to give you them know a this run, guy's like, clearly a, predator. a running chance. Like, now you know this guy is head like. Start. Yeah. It just, so, I but here's the thing, though. I'm Because I, I, I listen to, like, a lot of true crime stuff. There's a lot of times where kids are abused by, you know, stepfathers or father figures that are, you know, brought in by the mom. Of course. And the mom doesn't do shit. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a real thing. It's they don't just... normally just let themselves be killed, though. Like they ignore things. I get it, though. Like she's beaten down. And then they and get never... killed in the but end, they don't right? establish yeah. that in the film either, though. There's not there's not yeah, a long time true. of seeing their their relationship where he like beats her it's down. Just a, just it's just this... a weak spot in the film, Rob. It's he's a weak right. character, in my opinion, and that's how they're they're able to. I, I agree. Playing it away, like oh yeah. But I think they played her that way. I get that, but I just don't feel the film like established like her mental break or anything like that. And that's she just she's shown to us like a normal woman. And then the film's just because one character kind of says, oh, she's silly in the head. You know, like, that's it. Right. That's all they do to establish that for us. And then we're supposed to believe that, like, I don't know. Right. Just her lying down to just die and with her kids in the next room. It just it didn't didn't sit well for me. Okay, fine. Fine. It was Fair still enough. a good scene. Like I, th- I thought it was shot well. I love the, the shadow play. Yeah, and, the big yeah, scene. It looked amazing with stab, him yeah, on it's, top a, of her. it's a good shot, but for sure, the reveal of her death later is amazing. Yeah, I thought oh, that scene oh, was dude. really good and ice, like super fucking disturbing. Yeah, of her oh, in, dude. in the car because we hear the car motor later being started. I thought it was the boat at first. You know, I did too. talking about that boat the whole time being fixed or whatever. Yeah, we don't know like, exactly what's happening because John wakes up and he hears like something going on. He's like, like a motor being started out there. And he yeah. just goes back to sleep because he it doesn't was know the what's Model happening. T that he was bringing her out into the water in. and the same Model T that she, you know, supposedly she like left in or whatever. That was the, the yeah, the uh, story was that she just left. She decided to leave in the middle of the night after she threw him out. Yeah. And that's what that's what what's her name? Uh, the, the spoons here. Right. From him. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, he goes in and gives that whole spiel about, oh, she got into the alcohol and turned yeah, he's like, bed. this little bit of acting too. They're like, I'm like, you really got you guys buy this? You guys yeah. Buy well, Icy does. I don't think yeah, Walt does, but like, Walt I don't think Walt so does either. No, because Walt Icy. already made comments about like, oh, hey, that preacher guy is kind of a fucking weirdo, right? But then he falls for him again. Like I, yeah. later on, he's sort of like on the preacher's side again. So it feels because they you get know, that here's card. The, here's the thing is. He's so whipped by icy. He's just like, oh, I guess you're right. Compliance to whatever she says. Yeah, yeah. That that and that happens too. That happens yeah, absolutely. too. Absolutely, absolutely. You get doting husbands just like you get doting wives. It's funny to see one in uh in a movie too. I like those kind of characters. <laughs> he's funny. Yeah. He like sneaks he's little drinks and shit. That's the scene. That's the scene where he pulls the fucking the, the what is it? The peach snaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The peach. You snaps. can see him as the kind of guy who likes. Like sneaks a pipe on the porch. Hell outside, yeah, even though he's he not supposed exactly to. What he is. You know what I mean? He pulls that thing out. Thing, oh, like, this is perfect about, like, use for the snaps. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. He's like, mom. "What's that smell? Are you smoking out there?" He's like, "No, no, no!" And he's like, putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about like strong female characters. Like, yes, uh, Willa is not a strong female character. Yeah. I think kind of is, even in an evil way. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's a the strong boss. female character. She's the boss of that. She's the busybody. She's got sway, like she convinces people to do she's things. Kind she's of the, gaslighting the, and manipulating a little bit. She's the elder of that town. She's the one that leads the mob. She's the one that leads like a lot of this shit. So yeah, I wonder if she's leading or at least inciting, getting them more riled up too. Yeah. Um, I just sh- the shot of Willa dead in the car though. I do want to talk talk on that because Holy that was like sort of the next scene. Yeah, is that that's later. Is that is that right after this? No, we see this like pretty much right after because we're wondering okay. what happened to Willa. We know yeah, that she yeah, died. Yeah, okay. We get like, Willa's stuff the body. Yeah, we get Willa's death, and then we see then and then we get the spoons kind of being told the story, and then and then we get the reveal like right after that of the the guy fishing in the river. Yeah, so we see her oh, body okay. in the car in the lake at the bottom of it, her hair yeah. waving in the water. She's this like a dummy, like, right? Tied to it or something. Yeah, he tied her she down. Tied down to the car. Yeah, we see like the seaweeds or whatever it's in there too, like growing yeah. like around, like around. Uh, the car. And the music is playing, is swelling, mm-hmm. and like this angelic tone. It's like, and it's just her white like body, yeah. dead with her hair like floating up, like all the... dressed in white. Yeah, and you could tell it looks pretty lifelike. The dummy that oh, they for sure it did. Yeah, that's a dummy. Yeah, yeah, but it's it, down it in the like water. Anymore. Like it's in the water. That is one of the most realistic dummies I've ever seen. It looks pretty I good. At first, I thought it was Shelly Winters in there, but it's not. It reminded me. I mean, dead, a dead body that's been in the water will look like somewhat like that, too. Right, it's going to be distorted. It's not going to look just like she did when she was alive. She's taken on water by then. Yeah. I for thought it was good. It looked like. For 1955, this is. I thought it was a good effect. I think the black and white helps it, too. Yeah. Sure. Um, just like Agreed. just like it does in, like, uh, in uh, Night of the Living Dead, you know what I mean? The black and white in that. Yeah. Yeah. Hides, the hides, hides imperfection. It just makes. Yeah. And it makes it look better Um, in that. I do think too. She reminded me of uh, her body. Sort of reminded me of something like out of like Italian horror, like that came like. Oh, that's like, good. Yeah, that's, later. Good. that's good. Yeah, I agree. It just reminded me of something that I would see in one of those films. But I do love the way it was shot. I just thought it was like haunting. It's very haunting. The bottom it's of the getting, ocean, just in the lake. Yeah, and they just focus on it, right, and just set this like tone around oh, it. Poor Uncle Bertie. Yeah, he gets his poor. hook caught on it. And then he looks down, and you can clearly see her in in the car, yeah, like down there. And he doesn't know what to say. He doesn't say anything about it. No, he, he goes just, home and gets fucking pissed drunk. He's like, "I'll be blamed for it. They're gonna blame yeah. me. They'll blame me." Uh, what? I want to ask a question. What happened with Uncle Bertie in the past? Because 
he is so focused on like, oh, they're gonna think I did something. Yeah, so did he do something? Is he not only that, but what is that fucking picture he stares at? Who's that lady in the picture? I want to say his wife died like way back in the past, like 25 years ago. Like something happened to his wife, but they talk about that. He became a hermit. No, 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 no. Because so this is like from Uncle Bertie's talk with Johnny, and he's looking at the he has a uh, portrait of his wife before she died. It's like, oh, my poor, you know, whatever her name was. Oh, he you know, acknowledges that? Yeah, it's like... Did oh, you guys know that, that this is I, where I they... must have missed that part. Did you guys know yeah, this no. is where they got the Karate Kid scene where Miyagi's drunk and he talks yeah. about his wife in the picture? <laughs> yeah. With Daniel Sam Bones off Berg. Symboli- yes. <laughs> Symbolism. Hey, Symbol- Toshi Mifune was supposed to play that part, but... oh, Cinematic anyway. archaeology, baby. Yeah. 101. <laughs> I forgot what film we talked about where, where we were talking about Toshi Mifune playing that part. But anyways. Dude, if pool hole junkies can can start the MCU, then I can totally fucking attach this film to the Karate Kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyways. So, yeah. no. So, Uncle Bertie is like, he has some sort of like, he's talking about like his wife initially with John, uh, with uh, when John's in his like boathouse. And then... We don't know exactly what happened to his wife, like how she died, if there was some sort of accident that he caused. Who knows? But obviously, he's an alcoholic. Yeah. And when he sees, maybe he was in prison at some point. Maybe like maybe the. Yeah, he's, he, he, like, I yeah. took it like he has a record, and they're gonna blame him for it, or just yeah. because he's the one that found her. That's what know. that that's what I thought. I was like, oh, because, so he's just like irrationally think like i found her so they're gonna say he lives I on the it. water like he's kind of like off you know destitute sort of like off the grids so they're gonna yeah, 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 like yeah. yeah you did it didn't you you fucking old drunk you little pervert yeah, he's a drunk too you little pervert look what you did you little jerk no i'm just yeah. kidding yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah he doesn't say anything but he's dealing with that well that like guilt of that too and he describes her body too he's like the slit in her throat was like another mouth i was like damn that was because you don't really see that I don't, I don't think, I don't no, know. No, no, no. That's probably too graphic. The chest. But it looked pretty, yeah, it looks like he's, he's going to stab her. Maybe he slit her throat after. That would be a bloody mess to hide. Like, how do you hide yeah. that from the kids? Don't go in your mother's well, room, this, kids. This is also, a trip. Here's, the, here's the other thing, too. This is also a very dream state-like film because we're kind of seeing this from the kids' perspective. So they may have not remembered the bloody, like, bedroom scene. If, or maybe they didn't, uh, they thought they saw something, but they didn't see something, you know, so we don't actually see that part of it. No, I know. I'm just saying, and, and if you're breaking it down, I'm like, it'd be tough if you slit her throat in that room to oh, then yeah. get that body out of there without making a, like, human bodies bleed a lot Yeah, when they're open like that, you know what I mean? To do that in, like, the house and then try and hide all that from the kids would be tough. Very just tough, imagining yeah. the night that he went through if he was trying to hide that body. And that murder from those kids to think that like, oh, your mother left out in the night, you know, obviously they're not going to believe. I don't know. I wouldn't believe him, but John's not going to believe him for sure. Yeah, no, the little one Pearl. Yeah, maybe. But right. She comes along uh, eventually and figures out that he's a fucking scumbag anyway. I don't know. Actually, she doesn't exactly because yeah, <laughs> later know. on, it seems like she does. And then later on in the very end, she kind of like comes at him with arms open. With arms wide open, yeah, because <laughs> they do have a like. He is sort of like a father figure to her, especially in the moments. Like he's definitely, um, I don't know. He's like charmed her for sure. Oh yeah, 
not so much John, but there's still, I think John, I think it just speaks that John's like looking for a father figure. So there's these moments of where he's sort of torn, even though that he knows Robert, Robert Mitchum's character is a scumbag and he's only there for the money, maybe that they, they did spend some time together where he's like, I, you know, he clearly is he's he's still, much like life. Rob. He's shooting, he's shooting the character some bell. Dude. Yeah. And now <laughs> with his mother gone too, he especially doesn't have a, you know, a parental figure. And then we get that later on with, um, you know, the older lady uh mrs cooper right but uh because like mitchum makes um pearl cry at one moment and that's when i feel like where she's like you know uh fuck you like and that scene i feel bad for her too like really bad the way he kind of so, speaks to her so the the actress who played pearl she was really crying yeah. because the knife was super sharp so robert mitchum like kind of yelled at her is like do not touch this guy because oh, she goes to touch it yeah yeah, and it's like it's because he didn't want to hurt. He didn't want her to get hurt. So that was her real and, reaction. Yeah, that was her real reaction. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, not awesome that she was crying, but I mean, it looked genuine. So I was like, yeah, that happened just before they started filming that scene. It's like, one's well, like, let's use it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could see, yeah, because it was weird. I could see that on Mitchum now when during the scene because he was like, yo, don't. I seem genuine, don't right? Because he's, but it also works for the scene because they use the thing of like Mitchum like smacking the table. Yeah, don't touch my knife because that's my connection to that guy. John doesn't matter, and like he's like he's scary. He's really scary in that scene. It's like the the knife is his god. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's the prophet. It tells him what to do. Bad, but yeah, no, that because yeah, the look of fear on her face was kind of genuine. So that that makes sense then. But John does these weird things though, where he smiles at moments in the in the film, where which is sort of odd. Yeah, there's these weird moments yeah. where I don't know if it's just the way he wasn't a great actor, and they just sort of said, "Well, just sort of grin," you know what I mean? I don't know because I think Pearl sometimes delivers better with her dialogue than John does. They're not bad either. Either of them, they're both pretty good. I just did it, like, for for young kids. Yeah, because uh, John was like ten years old, Pearl was five. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for for kid actors, they did a great fucking job, yeah, yeah. especially Pearl. And they this yeah. moment they dupe him down to John dupes him down into. He's like, fine, I'll tell you where the money is. It's in the cellar under a rock. Yeah. Or yeah. So they get him oh, down I, into I, the I, cellar. I, I want to bring up like because I was talking about how like this this film was inspired by silent films because mm-hmm. we get that like children and like cause after we find out that, you know, we know that. Willa has passed, has been killed by Harry Powell. And th- after the whole scene with him manipulating the town and Icy Spoon and all that. So we see him kind of leaning on the fence outside the house. And it's like he's looking for the children because he wants to find where that money is. And you get that like kind of close in shot of the uh, basement window mm-hmm. of them looking at it, right? That is from. So I talked about D.W. Griffith films being uh, screened before this film even got started to kind of pay tribute to silent films. That's a D.W. Griffith element that was used in films like Birth of a Nation. You know, sorry to talk about a, a controversial film, but that that was one of the first films to have done it. And that is kind of like that early idea of the close up. Mm-hmm. Like we're focusing in on one yeah, because they do it on Mitchum's character as he's approaching the house, right? Too that is also true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when he's like, "Children." Yeah. Now, now there's no buffer. The mom's not there, right? Mom's gone, so he can just be. He can. Yep. He can, he's their guardian. He's got a he's long time. Fuck shit up. 
And then this is where, right, we get the the dinner scene, right? This is where he goes unhinged. I feel like, yeah. And that's where he, they yeah, he down tries to the to... cellar. Yep, they go down to the cellar, and John, I'm uh, getting awful mad. Yeah, and uh, John, John basically like sets up a trap for him, you know, mm-hmm. to like look for something, and then he's gonna drop the mason jars on his head or whatever. Yeah, not bad yeah, for like, a ten year old. Little Home yeah. Alone. Actually, it is. You it's cartoony. This is a fucked up Home Alone film. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 based around <laughs> Christmas too. What were you gonna yep, say, John? Yeah. That's what you're gonna say. Yeah, Rob, Rob stole my thunder, dude. Damn it! Had a Home Alone joke. God damn it, Rob. Lay it in there. I'll edit it back. Come on, let's go. You want to talk about dusting off some bones, dude? Home Alone actually was inspired by Robert Mitchum and this director, mm. so it's all full circle. It comes back to the. They said, you know, this the the traps and the setup. It he goes down there. Where's the money? And then yeah. Street cans, it's all, it's all, yeah, pro, from mason jars to, to paint cans, right? Micro the evolution of, money. of the gag. They both John, start with, you, and then he trips on one of them, too. Exactly, like a and micro. John, machine. you are you are a cinematic archaeologist, and I learned from the best, Robert. What can I say, dude? I know <laughs> you are like, uh, you're like, uh, Sam Neill's character in Jurassic Park, but we can be like, uh, what's her name, Sadler, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can. We're like the you know your partner slash um, uh, assistant. I like it. I like it. Attractive, looks good in shorts. You know. <laughs> but yeah, no. This is uh. So that basement that they created for the set, they made it kid size, so they made Robert Mitchum look like gigantic in that. Oh, is that, that really? Yeah, oh, that's, that's why. That's why he looks so fucking huge in that in that His setting. Shadow, so like mean, as he opens the door and like he's yeah, that's interesting. Stairs too. But yeah, they made a kid size so that it would oh, make him cool. super imposing. And the idea is like, oh, well, it's in the basement. It's like, oh, I don't trust you. So you're going to go first. And it's like and, their perspective, too. So like you said. The yeah. And this is from their. It's also from the. This whole movie is from the kid's perspective. That's the yeah, other yeah. thing about this. And so they go down as uh, it's like, oh, yeah. You know, my dad hit under like, uh, you know, some bricks in the uh, in the cellar. It's like. And when he is, oh, it's under that barrel over there. It's like, this is concrete. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, he realized that they, uh, oh, fuck this. Yeah, I can't, there's, I'm not pulling any rocks up from this. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like where he's going to kill John because yeah. he leaves this him weird up scream him. thing. He's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He does it again later, too. He does it later. Yeah. yeah. It's like his thing. So gets... the, the idea behind that was that they were turning Robert Mitchum's Harry Powell into Frankenstein's monster. OK. And he's like letting that... loose because he does. He's getting more and more unhinged from the scene up top yeah. at the dinner table to now. Exactly. You know, he's threatened the girl. Now he knows like you guys are fucking with me. And, you know, now you're going to get it. But when yeah, when he gets hit on the head, too, it was comical. It was like, ooh. Yeah. I was waiting yeah. for like little birds to go around his head for a second there. <laughs> but they run up the stairs. Actually, they go up the stairs really slowly. Like John helps his sister up the stairs yeah. like, very slowly. Yeah. But they're kids, so I get it. And then he goes to run after them and grab them and just slips on a mason jar. But yeah, it's like it's Frank like Frankenstein's monsters because he's like reaching out with these like super yeah. long arms and it is. They, his arms look elongated almost like they're really far in front of him, like the monsters. That's true. That's funny. Um and then they're on like the, the film takes a weird turn here. Um, I like where it goes eventually, but it, it's definitely there's moments in this part where I don't I don't love the pacing 
or what's going on with the it's i don't know it's like weird. the whole like river travel yeah thing. it's weird it's like so john gets himself from pearl out of the boat out of there and they they escape the preacher's grasps and they get on the boat and yeah they try to get to like birdie man like they gotta get to the water to yeah but safety. look he knows the money is in the doll now right and john's exhausted his sister sings like this low song on the water which i thought was nice i love that part where the sister's singing yeah John that's sort of which is not out. actually her singing that's uh that's yeah. uh it still works for else. the scene though i, yeah, I like what good. it sets like a, yeah his little because he's exhausted from what he's done gone through getting him out of there and like she's sort of just singing to him and i kind of like that and the um the preacher fakes a postcard to the spoons and then he's like on the hunt this is like the hunter part right like right yeah he's on the, on the road like going after the kids and just this moment, like the both the kids and the preacher are on like a trip here. The kids are in the boat on the river and Harry's by horse and guess like, I don't know. He's looking for them. I just don't love this part. It doesn't really work for me. Like the scene of the kids in the barn and his silhouette passing when singing is creepy. I like that. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. But just the idea of them, like they're on the now they're on. I don't know. Just the way the film just takes a minute and a left turns like now they're on a boat. And they're going to be on the boat for a couple of days. They're getting off the boat and getting potatoes from people and then getting back on the boat. Yeah, and he's yeah, on a yeah. horse and he's looking for them. And he's, it just doesn't, I don't know. I, it takes Even a weird like, turn. You know, he didn't like that part. Uh, what was yeah, the whole, I, I what, 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 like he's in like a fire circle at one point, right? What What was I that? I didn't speaking to people. Yeah. What preaching. the fuck was that all about? So, so he was finding work on the road, a, like peach picker. Uh, that's kind of, so that's what I'm it, saying. It, it, the amount of time that passed, he's he found work as a peach picker and was hanging out with these guys by fire, talking, praying, you know, preaching to them. And at the same time, the kids were still on a fucking boat, like well, getting I think the, random the timeline is also a little confused. It's, it's the timeline is a little confused here, as far as like you know how long it's actually taking. They were starved uh, to the, death, is what I'm saying. Like, I feel the like of time it took me, him to get a job and. The know. preacher is the Terminator. He is not wanting to give up this money. Which I do like. I like that. I like the fact that he's after them still. I just think oh, the way well, they go about it yeah. is like, I like the moment like of rest it. in the barn and then him outside the barn, like so close. So I just, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, like that barn scene, because we have Pearl and John who, you know, fall asleep in that barn. And then we see the preacher keep coming in the in the foreground. Well, we hear that the leaning, you know, it's like that, that song again. It's like, fuck, he's, he's here again. God damn it. Does this guy ever sleep? Yeah. And yeah, that's so that says. is, yeah, yeah, that is not like Robert Mitchum in the background. That is a midget on a pony. Oh, really? Is yeah. A, is <laughs> on a pony? Is it like a, a mini horse or just it's a mini know, horse uh, with like a, a, with a little person in the background. Uh, and that's a, it's a composite shot because you have, you know, part of it is on like an, uh like one set, and they have like a foreground thing that they're mm -hmm. doing. So it's like it's all like a a composite shot that huh. they're doing. It's what I meant though. Like it's it's a cool scene, but then like right after this, the kids get back on the boat and then get back in the water. And well, I just and thought... also, you also have to remember this is a movie that is told through a child's perspective. It's also a religious al allegory too, probably for like because what's her name talks about later on right, about the, the Moses, Jesus, yeah. and Moses, and the yeah. Moses. I mean, and they are—he's essentially Moses on the river, John. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. I just this—this this is a part of the film where I'm just—I know as I'm watching it, lost me a little bit here. Where I was just sort of like, "Where are we going?" And I get it. I—I I, I can see where that happened. But I do like that this woman finds them sleeping in the boat as it's yeah. like kind of ran ashore by her property. 
Yeah. And uh, she forces them into her house. And we don't know who she is at first. I didn't I didn't recognize her at first. So I was like, right, right. She's going to help clean them up. So I'm like, OK, what's going on here? And she was she has like a bunch of children at her house. And you can tell that they're not necessarily her kids. Yeah, you can tell that pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Not necessarily well, an orphanage about, or yeah. whatever, but. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about her character. This is uh, so Lillian Gish. She plays the role of Ms. Rachel Cooper. Uh, initially, Charles Lawton wanted his wife, Elva, um, uh, Elsa Lancaster, to play that role. And oh, Elsa Lancaster was like, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, it's like, that's not the right part for me. But because he'd been uh, doing uh, screening D.W. Griffith films in preparation for this, he's like, well, why don't you get uh, Lillian Gish? That's one of her, like she because she was a star in all these D.W. Griffith films. She was a huge silent film star. And it's like, I don't know if I can get her. So, well, why don't you try? And he was able to get her. Uh, and she is a really interesting actor because normally silent film stars did not fare well in sound films. However, Lillian Gish, she started in silent films and her career spanned from 1902 to 1988. So, yeah, and like one of her famous films was like Birth of a Nation. She was in that, but she was in I a whole. I can see why, though. I mean, she's excellent. She's really good in this. She was uh, so, uh, yeah, and then uh, A Duel in the Sun is another one of her, like, uh, one of her famous sound films that she did. She, I think, Lawton kind of like restored her career, and she ended up having like a 30 year, like, sound film career, really, because of Charles Lawton. So, yeah, it's like she she's a great actress, yeah, and she is awesome in this film. I love her character so much. She's like one of those characters that's thrown into the mix at the last minute, but still, like, has a I don't know, like an effect on the film, you know, in the lasting yeah. um, effect that I'm going to remember uh, from the film. I'm going to remember her character, you know, before yeah. I think of Willa, I'm going to think of fucking Mrs. Cooper more. One thousand percent. Not even. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. And what she, and what she means to these kids, too, because I do like this and, moment. And if you're looking for like strong female characters in films, fuck, this is one. Dude. It, yeah, for real. So Preacher ends up in town and he swindles Ruby, who's one of her kids, the one yep. like the eldest. Right. Right. To give him oh, information. Really? She realizes, I don't know, I guess he's been skulking around and he realizes like, oh, the kids, I think, are in this spot, you know. Uh, he's deduced that. And then he's going to figure it out by talking to Ruby. And I guess Ruby's got a boyfriend, but she's kind of charmed by him. She's Ruby is, she has been definitely uh, underage. showing herself out for like, she's been using sexual favors to get like stuff around town. Is that exactly what she's doing? Or is she dating yeah. him? I couldn't tell oh, whether well, she was... I, I thought it was like, I've just been like... Like, I've been with men. You know what I mean? I like, didn't get, there, like, like she's been with her boyfriend or dating. I didn't get so a prostitution. Not, I don't think she's having sex with guys at this point, but she is certainly, she's probably Aren't giving some like, I've been out there being behind the, behind the alley or promiscuous. something Promiscuous. Like I've been, I haven't been going to a sewing, like, uh, lesson. Sewing circle. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I've actually just been out there dating men, like, and going on dates and stuff, so. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought too. And probably lying about her age or what or at that time maybe men back then didn't care if she was sixteen or whatever. No. Fuck no, that was prime time see, for the perverts. Because we then. see that here too, with the preacher sort of like Hell he yeah. prays on that as well. And she's sort of like, Ooh, he's charming. Look at his eyes. Like and he knows that. So that's how he's like, like, I got her like, locked you, in. You see like yeah, like uh Harry Powell is kinda like uh, Dracula because it's like she ha he is entranced mm -hmm. Ruby, like she's Renfield. Yeah. We see that later too. She still looks at him like that. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he's like 
you know that he's evil <laughs> and you're like still like oh but he's look at him i mean that speaks on look at all the serial killers that get like letters from women that are obsessed with them and oh, stuff dude. Like I, what what is up with that by the way yeah <laughs> i don't know but it's just it's a weird thing women want women sometimes want someone they a man they can fix right so, that like, bad boy you know, yeah. so maybe they like that uh it appeals to certain women at uh, certain types i don't know it's an interesting uh premise for another film maybe <laughs> yes but yeah uh mrs cooper she's like she's not falling for it when she finally does meet um he's not my yeah, dad he finally comes around she's checking him out she sees his tattoos like on his fingers and and he tries to give that spiel again and she just like she just like fuck she shuts what? that shit down immediately that shit's so sick she saw right through that she's like yeah dog and you're nah. not a preacher these are your kids nah my own flesh and blood yeah and then she's really well wait a minute they came from this direction in a boat you know what i mean like how yeah. are you gonna tell me that they were they ran away from their mama, whatever, at this area, whatever it was. He was right. Your really bullshit doing. story that's full of holes that she's yeah. just fucking poking through. I like that she didn't like almost everybody besides her and John were, you know, taken by. There, there's three people creature. that don't buy into Powell's bullshit. There's Bertie, but he's a drunk, so it doesn't really he doesn't really help the situation. Then you have John and Miss Hart, uh, Miss Cooper. Who, Did like, Bertie they don't and him ever even really meet, though? Well, he did because he talked okay. about like I met this guy like over you know like some uh, straggler over somewhere. Oh yeah, like, he did say that. Knew his dad. Okay, and and he knew your like, dad. But, yeah, that's right. If you ever, it, but he said if you ever feel like if you ever need something, Uncle Bertie's here to help you out. You know, you know, mm -hmm. he didn't really help him out, but it's like you feel like he's gonna be a a savior of, of some sort. It's like oh, thank God I have yeah, one. Once person. he finds the body, that's it. He's just out. Yeah, he just drank himself into a stupor. Yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. His character, I wish there was a little bit more with his character. I thought he was going to give the kids some of that liquor that time when they had the coffee. Yeah, yeah, I thought, yeah. At first, I thought it was just liquor. And then I was like, oh, yeah. it's coffee. I was like, damn, yeah. man. Shit's, shit's tough back then. Kids are drinking. It all, dude. As I said, kids are tough, man. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, what's... Hold on, I lost my track here on the fucking notes. Oh, yeah, so he, he woos uh, Ruby. He learns of the kids being at the house and the dolls there and everything like that. He basically gets the information he needs from Ruby. And so then he approaches the house. Uh, he's singing that church music. And, yep. um, oh, no, I'm sorry, this is later. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, she just basically tells him off. You know, you need to get out of here. And then he I'll be back. pulls out his knife. He Well, he goes for the kid because yeah. the kid the doll. I noticed because what's-her-name drops the doll and she goes to hug him. Yeah. Like she misses him, even though she knows that, like, and it's weird. It's like these poor kids are just desperate because they don't have parents. So it's yeah, like, she's yeah, yeah, you might have killed my like, mom. You were like a dad to me for a little while. Like she doesn't know what's happening. That's yeah, I don't think she yeah. she doesn't know about the mom. Right. Right. I don't I think mean, so. she was singing like the, the song those kids were singing earlier on, like the Hing Hang Hung song. She was starting to sing that because she doesn't understand that her yeah, she dad is right. Sure, and sure. he even told her, right? I think he says something about the mom being away. Doesn't he say something to her about that? Like she's. Yeah. Because they like uh, now John knows that his mom's probably dead. Right, right. Probably and he tells his no sister like, oh, she she's she's she went somewhere or some. I, I could be misremembering. Rob, I think I, you're I think you're I think you're cutting this little two year old some bail here. I think she needs to be smarter <laughs> about her fucking oh, her situation. You know, you need yeah. to know what's going Fucking on. Dumbass. I can't coddle you yeah. forever, little girl. Get your Come shit on. together. Get your shit Did together. You have a job by now, God damn yeah. it! You're sitting on ten grand. You didn't do anything with it. What the fuck? Yeah. Come on. What's that kidding. parable about talents? <laughs> <It's> like... Yeah. 
<laughs> no, nah, but it was uh it's a it's a cool moment because then she goes in the house and he comes back out with that fucking shooter and like basically points it at right at him. Right. Yeah. yeah. And she like knocks him on the sh- back with it, like, yo, because he's trying to get the boy who's got the doll now. Yeah. Right. And he's like, oh shit. And he she cocks that gun, he's like, you get the fuck off my property, goddammit. it. <laughs> yeah. But she basically John confirms it for her too. She looks at John, John's like, That's not my dad. He ain't my dad. She yeah. ain't no, no he ain't. Like, something's wrong here. John, you're acting funny. I could tell. And that's what I like about her. She can read the situation. All the yeah. other adults have been like, Oh, they nobody knows <laughs> when the, when there's real danger around Mrs. Well, Cooper's and here's dad. the thing, right? You have this old lady who has several kids with her. Like she she lives around kids, she takes them on. Yeah. Like she 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 sees these children not necessarily as children, right? And and even the statement that she makes later about you know, uh, we've alluded to it a couple of times about uh, children or men at their strongest or, or or whatever that fucking quote is. Right. So she is someone who opts to to treat children as not necessarily an equal, but emotionally. And, and she hears them out and understands yeah. them more than every other adult. Mm-hmm. So I think that's not why her she's kids able too, to you know see I mean? where all the other adults in the film, they just fucking accept him as like, yep, he's a preacher. And yep, he's telling the truth. Yeah, Whereas she kind of no she can navigate that better, I think. I think so too, and I think she's just used to like, I don't know, the shit that this world throws at you. She knows better yeah. already. She's like, I'm not falling for yeah. this shit. I already know. Yeah, so you're fucking snake oil somewhere else, kind of lady. Word, word. She and he ain't no preacher either. <laughs> yeah, I love the way she says that too, and that's when she's like, I'm going to get my gun. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Fuck this. And I love that. And I, he just tells her though, I'll be back at night. I'm yeah. coming back. <laughs> yeah. He gets on his horse and he's like, but he's scared too. You could tell. But he's like, I'll come back. No one stay up all night. I'll come before. back. Hmm? No one, because no one has stood up to him before. He's been able to like True. be carte blanche against like you know, against yeah, all these people. A woman. It's funny yeah. too because he kind of just throws his name out there too. He's like, you you haven't seen the last of Harry Powell. Like, yeah. If you want, never if heard. Don't arrest you. You just throwing your name out there. Like, I'll be back tonight to kill you, Harry yeah. Powell. Yeah, that's <laughs> ask my name. Lesson. Yeah, that's my name. <laughs> don't worry. I like that she's like protecting her flock. Yeah. Yeah. She's a true shepherd. Like, because we have, you know, this guy who's a supposed preacher, you know, the preacher is supposed to be a shepherd to a flock Mm -hmm. of sheep. Yeah. Yeah. He is a wolf that is, you know, over a flock of sheep. Yeah. Whereas, like, Ms. Cooper, although she is flawed as a character, like, she has had some stuff in her past as well, but she is a, she is a real shepherd over these kids who are lost and she is protecting them. We get this uh, when he does come back at night. We get this image of her sitting in the chair waiting for him in the shadow oh with the gun in her hand. It's a great image. Yeah. yeah, just her silhouette of her sitting there. And then the hymn. Yeah, he does. He starts the hymn. He's like on the the hill. Yeah, and she's doing it back. Oh yeah, she sings like, like the it, she sings the the banjos uh, thing from uh, Deliverance. It's like it's this thing. Oh know, yeah, the... it is like the dueling banjos. Ding 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 ding. Man, there's a lot of cinematic archaeology. I'm in this telling book. you, dude. Like, there's a lot there, man. Uh, we're about to get to a moment of it, actually. So he's singing the church hymns. She's singing it back, and she's protecting her flock. And she's not like messing around. Uh, she's definitely nothing to be messed with. And then he does get in the house, and she blasts him. And this oh, moment, he he does that scream again too, where he kind of pops like the up, cat, like, like he's like, <laughs> and then gets shot. I thought of Dirty Harry with like when uh what's that's what I'm getting at yeah Yeah, because then he (laughs) runs away and I also thought of Dirty Harry or Death Proof what yeah yeah when I need to watch Death character gets shot 
Oh, when Kurt Russell's yeah. character get, there's a moment where he yeah yeah I don't want to ruin it, but there's Please, a moment just like with Dirty boy. Harry too, where the guy who's big and tough and bad when he gets hurt, he sort of fucking gets cackles like a little. But he's a pussy after that. He gets hurt. Yeah. yeah, he just runs away like oh god, and he runs into the bar and then just like she just chills out after that, like oh I'm gonna cook us some supper and yeah, what she said she's like so hey. She hits. She oh, gets please. on the phone. She says, "Send me down here a sheriff or something. Take your time." I'm in my barn. <laughs> yeah, and then she kind of just plays it cool, like he's just in. You still have a killer like right across the street, basically. But I guess he's so wounded, he's just gonna stay there. I don't know. Yeah, subdued. Yeah, I kind of wish they developed that part a little. Their their encounter. Yeah, a yeah, more. a little bit. Um, it was cool though. But, but... Yeah. So, so I want to ask one quick question because we're coming to the end here. Because they they come in the morning to arrest Harry Powell. What do you feel about the reaction of John in this? I thing? think John's conflicted. John's it's I a weird really situation. Like so here here's my thought about this. John is not he's not concerned about Harry Powell in the slightest because we we it's have the money. He anymore. wants to get rid of the money too. He doesn't want it anymore. Like I what think it's brought he on is reacting to like the pressure that. Uh, the 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 pressure that his dad has put on him yeah yeah uh, yeah definitely and it's like i don't want anymore yeah yeah he, so he gets rid of the money the goddamn money like i don't want this anymore mm-hmm. he because he has had so much uh, this horrible pressure put on him as a like nine or ten year old that no nine or ten year old should ever i agree have with that i agree with that for sure like when he's hitting him with the money but then it's also played like he does care about uh the preacher a little bit like that's, when he's that's like, definitely no, the way i no I, no when they're like hurting him a little bit or he's sort of like no yeah because he doesn't he doesn't start he, he, he here's the weird part rob N- mm-hmm. nothing happens until they have that guy on the ground with their knee on and like he's beginning to be handcuffed where where it, it this whole kind of breakdown happens and so it definitely plays out on screen like he's he, he he's at, like he wants him back now all of a sudden. A little bit. Like it's a, it's even though he's fucked up, he is like a father the closest thing to a father figure that he's had recently. And I understand he's like he's got the I, doll and he's smacking the mu- and the money's flying out and he's hitting him with the money. Like I yes, I I, I get I that. think he is giving him the money too, in a way. Like here, fine, you can fucking have the money. Yeah. Also, like I don't want this weight anymore of the money. Like I don't want right. to keep I don't care about the money. I don't want it. Look what it's done. My mother's dead. My father. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I guess yeah. You, you could say I, because you could see it both ways. Yeah. But it's 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 it might it might have been meant to be both ways because there is a moment where it looks like it dawns on John like oh I do kind of care about this guy. It's a weird way because like even the even Pearl does, and even like, in a yeah. sick way maybe 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 Mitchum's character cares a little bit about these kids too because there's moments where it does seem probably that. the longest family he's ever fucking chased down and did. True, the, the I don't know. It's weird. The, Longest run he's been if on. They had said he had never killed any children, but only like the mothers or whatever. Then I would have been like, all right, he has a, you know, a soft spot for for the children. You know, he doesn't yeah, want to see it, it harm. This, to this is also a weird part of the film. I I don't know what to think about it to be honest. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what they're getting at to be honest. I wish it was a little bit more. It's okay if it, there's some ambiguity, but it didn't feel like it was being built that way on purpose. It was sort of like yeah, they just forgot to. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll speed through the end here because then we also have like so then we find out, you know, we oh they figure out that like he killed Willa and has actually killed a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, that's what they arrest him for. Yeah, yeah twenty five women, they said, right? And John won't even yeah. point him out in court, right? No. He's yeah, too he scared won't look to. at him. Yeah. Huh? I think he's pointing at him, but he won't look at him. 
You sure? Because it looks to me like he won't even point at him. Yeah, he maybe doesn't. Not even that. He I doesn't. never saw him lift his hand. That's why I'm he saying doesn't. like. But they maybe... had enough. They had enough evidence at that point. It's like he did it. Well, no, yeah. I I understand that, but I think the point is like that that leads to to, to kind of even more evidence, him. the confliction at the like it wasn't just about them. Like he, there was uh, some weird shit going on between him because mm. he didn't want to give him up in that situation. He didn't. He no, was like, maybe. Yeah. I he really felt like he was like, yeah, like that 293. Yeah, I think there's more there between all their characters yeah. and their relationships, maybe because there's symbolism. I mean, not symbolism. There's semblance of those of that backstory or like there's more like there was more there, but then it's been pulled away from us because these are the things where I'm like gravitating towards. And then I'm like, well, damn, why don't you give me more of this? Or because I do kind of like the confliction of like even John, who wanted this guy gone. Is sort of conflicted now because he's like, well, now this guy goes. This is the closest thing I've had to a guardian in a while. Like, my mom's gone. I've come to grips with that. Like, I know that that's a reality. Right. And then he doesn't know, you know, he hasn't spent enough time with Mrs. Cooper to feel like, well, she's just going to take me in, even though she does take them in. He he probably felt like, well, I don't know what's going to happen to me right now. So here, take the money. And I like, I don't know. Maybe he didn't think like, don't don't arrest him. Just here, take the money. You can have the money. You know what I mean? And don't hurt him. It's definitely there's a moment of confliction there, I think, for sure. And I think there's also enough there for what Rob's saying, too, about the money of being, you know, the weight of it all. Uh, this poor kid's 10 years old and his dad put him in this situation. It's a heavy situation for sure. It's like one yeah. of the like, yeah, absolutely. And it speaks on what Mrs. Cooper's saying, too. Like kids kind of just adapt to what they're given. Exactly. Very and resilient. It. And yeah, resilient and just kind of push on. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, if you don't, if I you mean, just, if you don't tell a child that what they're going through is a norm, is if you, if you make them think it's normal, they just think it's normal. You know, right. I mean, if they live in in squalor, they just think exactly. other they have nothing else to compare it to. The right? base that off of, yeah. You yeah. know, you know, nowadays where the, you know, you got the internet and stuff like that, but back then too, especially, kids have no way of knowing what other kids' home lives are like exactly. So, I don't know. Totally agree, Berg. I do think I like this moment, too, where like, OK, we wrap everything up and John won't point to him in court, which I thought was odd. Uh, yep. But definitely interesting. Um, and then they exchange gifts with Mrs. Cooper, which I kind of like. There's like this is well, where the Christmas vibe comes the, in. The, we have the lynch mob. It's like because now we have the town oh, yeah, that had loved Harry Powell so much. Led by all of a sudden, they're all fucking. Yeah, now they, yeah, because they don't want to be associated with the fact that, like, oh, we liked this guy at one point. There's a lot of modern stuff here, too, because there's a lot of that shit that's going on nowadays, too, where like you have a person that's super famous that like everyone loves, and all of a sudden they're associated with something that people don't like, and it's like, yeah, cancel culture. That's what it is. Like his biggest fans or Uh their biggest fans end up turning on him. It's like, oh, cancel that motherfucker or like go crazy before they have all the information too you know what i'm saying yeah. sometimes oh like yeah condemn somebody right away when it's just an accusation too yeah like i'm not saying yeah. like tread obviously tread lightly when you hear things you gotta you gotta you gotta weigh the the, the information and, and right and the court of public opinion you know, is very you gotta wait till the people court are of actually public opinion doesn't care about that they're gonna go like, whatever way they're nowadays. gonna go with where the wave is yeah that's the thing i get just that. and that's and what that's, that's what's happening here yeah that's what they're showing yeah. they're showing how quickly people can get fucking riled up and and to go against that too but doesn't this also remind you of frankenstein like too like where like mm, the, the villagers yeah the, the villagers going after frankenstein's monster and all that shit mm. this is the same idea this is what they were going for here yeah but they're sort of just terrorizing these children instead that's weird 
Well, and that's where like I, this is where Miss Cooper comes in because she is trying to protect them from all mm-hmm. that. That's why like, yeah. they go out the back entrance. Is like, nope, you're you're done with all that. We're going yeah. into our own life. You're gonna We're live like you're gonna have a childhood. Yeah, and get out of this fucking. You've been through enough. And I was saying to John too, like I do really like Mrs. Cooper's character for like that She's reason. So I great, I love her. Like what she, what these kids mean to her, but what She's she the, means to them too. She is the hero of this film. Yeah. Yeah. And like how much, like the gift exchange that she does with them, and John like not having a gift, but that exchange they had with the apples earlier. And so he's like, oh, he goes and grabs the doily and ra- tries. How he can I wrap this do, around? But like this is the best he can do. And moment. she just loves yeah. it. She's like, yeah, it's a gift from the heart. Like you know, and, and, heart, and Ruby, healthy... yeah, and Ruby like gets her redemption a little bit too yeah. because Ruby's kind of a she's a, a she's a fool like uh, Willow. Yeah, she kind of let know? the wolf in. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and but. The thing is, like, uh, Miss Cooper is like, listen, you were going to grow up to be a strong, independent woman. And I'm going to make that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to let you just, like, you know, go off into and that this brooch she gave her. That's like her her own. I'm, I'm, right. That was her. Yeah. So she cast it down to her. Yeah. That's, that's what, what I think it like. is. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when she admits to her, like, oh, I wasn't doing sewing circle. Like, I've been with men. And she hugs her. She's like, it's fine. It doesn't, like... It's okay. You know, it's like, and she breaks her down, like, in a very psychological way. It's like, hey, you were going after love in all the wrong ways. So you've never had it before. Yeah, and this is the only way that you knew to go get it, so... Yeah, so, but I am going to help you to become, like, where you don't have to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. You you don't have to love those ways. Yeah. Look at right. it in so all the powerful. wrong places. This is 1955, fellas. This what is can a for nub in all the wrong places. What can <laughs> yeah. too many faces? No, but yeah, it is. It, yeah, it's progressive. Pretty. I, I think that's definitely some progressive um, Huge. themes in this yeah. film for 1955, and and it's taking yeah. place in the 30s. You said right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that's even more progressive, probably then. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I don't mind. I, I. I do like the ending. I there's moments of where I wish they wrap things up a little differently here and there, but mm-hmm. the 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 I don't know like the larger motions of the plot at the end I thought were pretty good. Like you know it it closes it up. Mitchum kind of running away. I I I don't love Mitchum just being like ah and running into the barn. That's sort of like the last we get of him, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, and we don't get his death, right? No, we don't see him hanging or anything yeah. like that. So there's not that like. Moment. we sort of give him like a little bit of a redemption which i'm not like thrilled about with john's character i guess like i so. don't i see i don't feel that as a redemption because i don't think john's talking about uh harry powell i think he's talking about like his situation with him and his dad ben harper i think it's a mix of themes to me in, in my but you, you but you like i said there's nothing spelled out, so you can kind of go a yeah. couple different directions here. It is, it is about the money and the weight of all that and what his yeah. father put him through. But I also think it's that he's a child who's had no father figures. And so, like, the, the yeah, the, that's obviously a theme. It's like his dad left real quick. His mom's unhinged. His, you know, you got the boat guy, Steamboat Willie. He's down there hanging out with fucking old Birdie. And yeah. then, uh, you know, and then he's even attached a little bit to this guy who yeah. killed his mom. You know what I mean? Like, and that does speak on like abusive relationships too. Because like, even though he did some bad things, remember that time that he bought me ice cream? Remember that time that he, you know, came to yeah. my ball game? Away? So like, there's definitely this. I don't know. I think it's. I think John is a conflicted character at the end, uh, yeah. in a sense. But yeah, I think Mrs. Right, Cooper right. says basically like, don't, don't go down that road. I will be the family you need. You know what I mean? Yeah, she fuck takes all him that. In, and so he doesn't I, have to feel is, conflicted about it. 
anymore. And I think because she has gone through so much, which mm-hmm. we don't hear about, we don't really know exactly what she's gone through, and that's fine. I, I'm glad we don't necessarily I feel like somebody that. with the strength that this woman but has. I, I am a something. strong tree with many branches for these little birds. I like mm-hmm. that, and I did like that. Sam. Dude, that's a powerful Back to the tree too. Life. The tree metaphor kind of right. plays throughout this film. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the fucking yeah, film. That's not a hunter. Uh, I just want to I just want to touch on something real quick before we get into our reviews. Uh, so the movie ended up being a failure initially, yeah. and what it turned out to be like there, it, it happened for a couple of reasons. One, it almost seemed that United Artists, who was the production company behind this, it they didn't know how to promote it, and it didn't feel like they wanted to promote it to begin with. Uh, and the producer Paul Gregory. Had a, he had an idea of like how to promote it to at least get back their money or make it like somewhat of a profit. And United Artists tell him to like, nope, we're not going to do that. They kind of forced him to not do what he was planning. Hmm. And the other problem behind this was the Catholic and Protestant church. They essentially banned the movie in several cities because of their influence. And it's like, nope, we don't want it because it's an indictment. It's a, uh, a, a hypocrisy to the church. And we don't want this in our cities. Well, and during that time span, honestly, like that the church's opinion was that movies were evil. Like it was like it was sin to go to the movies. It was a sin to watch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was there, very there was prominent of... amongst uh, like a Pentecostal uh, churches during that time span. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyways, so what Paul Gregory, the producer, was going to do is like, well, why don't I sue the church? And at least like, you know, the the public the scrutiny of like the church being sued for like them condemning this movie and us coming after them for that. Well, that's going to drum up uh, publicity for the movie United artists. They're like, Nope, we don't want that happening. So that got squashed. And so, yeah, the movie kind of just came and went and failed. Yeah. Charles Lawton was absolutely crushed by this because he put, I don't all know, his, I don't know that blaming his, the church would have been a good publicity. Sentiment. Well, you know, it, it went, no, there's no. I get thing. it. It would have backfired. There's no such thing as bad publicity, even back yeah. in the fifties. But, but I mean, if, if you have, there's a lot of religious people that are going to boycott your shit, especially during that time, man. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, so Charles Lawton was absolutely crushed when the film failed. Um, he fell into a depression and he never directed again. And actually, uh, at this time, he was actually very sick. Um, he had it, it turned out that he uh had spinal and kidney cancer, and he only acted in four more films after this. He did Witness for the Prosecution, Under 10 Flags, which I've never seen, Spartacus, and Advising Consent. Uh, and yeah, he never directed again. He and there's a lot of people that feel that him with this film as his directorial debut, he may have been a better, uh, even better director than an actor had he been able to continue at, uh, directing films i mean they, this is a well-directed film and there's some great cinematography and shots he had never but, done any directing before yeah and i, I think he, he did yeah, a great job good, good job with that yeah but yeah that's all i that's all i have to say about uh like some of the the post-production stuff mm-hmm. let's uh, so that review yeah, so let's uh let's talk about our rating system here. We do things differently here on the uh Cinemigos. We have uh from top to bottom, we have instant classic, mm-hmm. uh buy it, rent it, just watch the trailer, and never ever watch this shit. We haven't gotten to that tier yet, but we might get to that at some point. Who knows? We can't uh, 
Yeah, we came yeah, close. Come close. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We've all come there, but we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, but I have to say, for me, this is an instant classic. I love this film. I think this is so... Uh, this is one of the greatest films of the 50s, for sure. But I think this is one of the greatest films ever made. And it, it's come to the point where it, almost 70 years later, a film that had never really been talked about all that much, that has influenced other films, uh, has now kind of come into its own audience. And I just, I love everything about it. I think the uh, the cinematography is great. I think the acting is great. I think the characters are great. It's a great film, in my opinion. And I, I love the themes behind it. I love what it's, what it's trying to do. And I'm glad I got to introduce it to you guys and to the fans. If you've never seen it, I hope you have, you know, grown intrigued by our discussion and they want to watch it. So it's on Tubi yeah. right and now. If you're looking to watch it, it is on Tubi right now. Yeah. So it's a classic for me. Nice. John, what are you thinking about this film, buddy? Well, uh, I know it's kind of been like a, a hot topic lately, a funny thing to, you know, just shit on raw movies. Um, this is. This was, I watched this movie twice. Uh, I don't watch wow. a lot of movies twice. I watched The Warriors twice, I remember. I watched Warriors twice. I watched I watched this movie twice just to confirm that uh, not really for me. Not, uh, not, not my cup of tea. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's, um, you know, I, I understand. Uh, and it, it could, I just have a, I think I just have a hiccup with older movies. It's just, mm. I, I, I do. Yo, Jimbo is the only one to this day that we've watched where I've been just locked in off rip, where I was just like, this is, this is dope and I'm in it. Uh, well, that, I think okay. you, Jimbo had a little bit of a different sort of magic to it than, uh, yeah, yeah it's it a good film, I, I think, agree. but it's no, it, yeah, your Jimbo is different. So yeah, I get that. And, uh, I, with just being confused about the character and what ultimately what his real motive was. And then it, you know, just there, the townspeople just being who, who, who they were, the, the story of, uh, uh, like this con man preacher, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it was a real, uh, original, you know, thought and, and idea back then, you know, when it came out, it's very possible, right? It's, it's hard to look at a movie almost fucking a hundred years later with eyes that old you know what i mean it's just I, I i get it that there's there's people that can do that they love it and they can get into it uh i don't i don't think it's a bad movie i just for me i just i couldn't i couldn't it's not your cup of tea you know? well, yeah 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 uh so okay. i i i give this movie a rent it i think it's absolutely a rent it i wouldn't put it below that i think it would be disrespectful to put it below that for the sake of, of like you said of, of the cinematography i think that it has some fantastic shot those aerial shots i thought were I, as i was watching the movie i remember absolutely being blown away like a movie this old that has these these long aerial shots like this uh, that leads up to the kids you yeah. know playing hide and seek that lead that comes in real tight to the dead body in the basement mm -hmm. like it you you could see there was definitely a lot of effort and thought put into how the movie was shot, without a doubt. Yeah, so you thought it like looked really good, but maybe the story didn't like completely work. For Absolutely, you. I think Absolutely. that sounds like where the film lost you a little bit was like the story, the cohesion. Yes, you know, building a little bit more of the characters would have benefited more for you. And then, like you said, just the older films you don't gravitate towards as much. Yeah, and it's it's hard for me to to just jump into it and 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 be like I'm I'm. 
Yeah, yeah. You know. Okay, cool. So, so we got to rent it for John. Yes, and I again, agree. I just like I said, I understand. I just think it would be because initially, because here's here's my thought process for it. Right, if this movie was shot poorly and was this story, it's got to be a fucking just watch the trailer. Mm-hmm. But I can watch a movie and appreciate how it is shot. Right. So for me, that's why it's like you can it's it has to be uh, at, at least a rent it just just based on on how it's shot alone. And, you know, if it, if it's easy for people to get into that to the story, then I think you're going to have a lot better time with it. Yeah, okay, I think rent it cool. means it's a solid recommend. Like, yeah, exactly. Recommend someone would, check yeah. it out. Like, yeah. And and form your own opinion. Maybe it's higher for you. Maybe you're a buy it after that. Or yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, but start with rent it like you're thinking and then go from there. Yeah, like totally. Very cool. Thank you, John. Uh, Heidelberg, how are you feeling about this film? How am I feeling? I have feelings about this film. Uh, some really great acting, I thought. For the most part, I really liked uh, Mitchum especially. But uh, I thought Graves was good in the little bit that we got with them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Varden as the busybody was good. Um, yeah. And the children, for the most part, were good. I thought I thought Pearl was... Um, she was charming and like a cute little girl. And I liked the, you know, she was naive and that all worked for me. I liked, I think they could have built up John a little bit better to be a little bit more of the protective uh, brother. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you know, I get it too. He wasn't bad though. Um, I enjoyed the score and the soundtrack a good bit with this one. I think it fits the tone is, is like evident in the score and it enhances the tension in scenes. And I, I find older films a lot of times, um, not this old, uh, like older than this, usually tend to have like wacky music sometimes during moments mm-hmm. that should have tense music because we, now we have modern, you know, music. Uh, the composers nowadays know exactly how to make a scene like, you know, really drip with tension or, you know, eeriness and stuff like that. And some of these older films go a zany way with which and or like a bombastic sort of uh, sound that doesn't right. fit with scenes and it takes me out of these older films and that's my gripe with a lot of older films to be honest well we talked but about this... that with the big red one yeah, yeah that was uh, that yeah. was one thing you if this we one both doesn't do that, that for yeah. me actually it keeps me in, engaged with the story and it keeps me like grounded um in the tension and, and like you said there's uh this is definitely like horror adjacent there's definitely some horrific things in this film the themes itself and like what's going on in the narrative this guy you know killing women and and children or whatever and leaving them behind in his wake of like stealing their their money and moving on and what he does to this family is fucked up um there's some interesting uh inter- interesting excuse me uh cinematography uh some just brilliant shots like we said for an older film there's some moments just like where the kids are walking through the barn and we're seeing like their feet walking through and we get like these half shots of the cows or whatever that are in the barn and they're just like yeah because of the way that the filmmaking process that they did with the film, there's just like contrast to the black and whites uh, that look really cool in that moment. And there's definitely moments where I just, I noticed like the way the shots framed and like the lighting just pops um, with the black and white. I even noticed like, so like the preacher showing up behind me uh, at the fence at the light post that reminded me, have you guys ever seen Poltergeist two? Yes. The old preacher guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who's singing hymns, right? Yeah, right. And he's scary and creepy as fuck. And all he has to do is just show up and knock on the door. That's all he does. And he looks fucking half dead. And that's all he yeah. really has to do to be creepy as fuck. Right. And imposing. That's a good point. Yeah. And that's I, I got that vibe. I'm like, I wonder if that's where he pulled that from, from Mitchell's yeah, character. Might, in this movie. I think so. I actually do think so, because that's all he does. And he walks away and he sings a hymn. Like, I don't remember what it was. It's like something like, oh, the people. I don't remember. But yeah, yeah. 
if you've seen the movie, having seen this movie, I'm like, dude, that's got to be. Connect those, but yeah, you were absolutely right. They yeah. have to have like looked I at this. Like, film and that was an older guy, so he would have seen this for sure, oh, probably for sure. Yeah. coming up in his career. And I definitely think that was, uh, I, I think it was a pull for sure. It'd be interesting if they ever spoke about it in an interview or something behind the scenes of Poltergeist too. And I also re- recommend uh, Poltergeist. But uh, anyway, uh, tone good in this film. I like the cinematography, uh, the picture quality. Also, the looks great for Criterion. Uh, you, Rob, you bought it for me. Thanks again. Um, nice. The, the Blu-ray looks really good. Um, it's not. It's it's an enhanced widescreen too. It's not like yeah. boxed or whatever. Um, where they do that sometimes with the older films. And I think it looks great. And I like the film setting and the set pieces. I thought, like you said, you told me that the, it was a blend of real mixed with set. Um, that was cool. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, to be honest, some of the scenes just look like on location. So the fact yeah. that they blended them and it works, you know, it's a good bit of filmmaking, especially from 1955. Like that's pretty, you know, pretty good. Uh, Shelley Winters acting just isn't good to me in this one. I don't know. Her character just isn't good. She just doesn't even fight for her life or the lives of her kids. And I get it. Like, she's like a broken woman. But I don't know, man. They didn't build her up enough to show her break either. You know, she's just broken when we met her. Sort of. I don't know. That works less for me. Uh, The whole boat trip two part took me out of it, to be honest. The kids on the boat getting off the boat, eating a potato. I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. It felt weird. So like a. It felt like that moment in Dirty Harry where it felt like the, the films wrapped up and then we, they gave us like another 15 minutes of something extra that just didn't really enhance. <laughs> it didn't take away necessarily either. It just didn't do. I felt like they could we could have utilized that time better is all sure. I'm saying. Just I'm OK with them it. being on the run from Harry, but work I it in a little bit differently than just this whole boat thing just felt weird. I mean, what, wouldn't he have just stopped and tried to get ahead of them on the river Lord. and then find them like it's not that hard. I don't know. But it leads to moments like him outside the barn, not knowing that they're in the barn and then witnessing and the kid being like, doesn't he sleep? Like, that's cool. I do mm-hmm. like that. Like him stalking them in a sense, you know, and these songs of his being that that trigger of like, oh, there he is. He's around, you know. So I do like that for the film. I think it's great. And I can see where he uses this character. Cape Fear came out after this, right? I'm assuming. Uh, yes, 62. Right? With yeah, the- very similar, though. The whole come on, wherever you are kind of deal. Or that was in that film, too, or- I'm just saying, like, he's just as scary, if not scarier, in Cape Fear. In, in Cape Fear, yeah, I could see the same. The same. Is that come out, come out, wherever you are, is that only from the De Niro one? Or is that actually from the original, too? I think that's, uh, I don't remember that from the original. I think that's uh, in the okay, Scorsese. Okay, that's De Niro, the yeah. Scorsese thing. Okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, so the boat trip, just the pacing was a little slow there for me, like, too. It just The pacing kind of got thrown off a little bit. And a film that's mostly paced well. The film just lacked, like, a progression. In that moment, um, and in some of the other moments too, I don't know that I usually like in films, but this is an older film too, so I'll, I'll cut it some slack. I don't like the way they try and redeem Palace character a little bit. Like I know you could say that maybe they don't. I think they do a little bit. It's weird. Um, I, I'm not thrilled about that. And but I can also understand like the complexity of a young boy and the way he sees you know a father figure, regardless of what this guy's done. So if that's what they were going for, then that's interesting. So I don't know. Um. And the replayability is low for me, personally. Like, even though I own it, I can't see myself wanting to pop this in on a yearly watch. I do want to kind of watch the documentary stuff, though, and, and see. I find that interesting. Um, especially this the filmmaking stuff about the film and what they did with that. I find that really yeah, interesting. Yeah, you have the second disc. I think you'll like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, this, I'm not going to watch this 30 times. 
like you did. Uh, but I get like I'm, you were you were raised on older films, so you have more of an appreciation for them because it's part of who yeah. you are when you came up when you learned about film. Me, you're, yeah, that's what you are doing for me. You're introducing me now to some totally. of these older films. So I try to put myself in that place too. You know, I don't have as big of a problem like you do, John, with the older films. Um, yeah, but. You know, obviously, you just got to go into it sort of thinking like, well, obviously, I got to cut it some bail because it's not, you know, it's not going to be fucking right. the thing. It's not going to be Terminator. It's you Yeah, know, yeah, it's, yeah. Told, yep, yep. So I think they achieved a good bit with this film, though, too. And I can see why it's iconic. I can see why he's this villain character that people talk about in like a top 50 villains or, you know what I mean? No, I can sure. Right. See that. He's imposing and, and he's complex, too, and an interesting character. I, I just wish they told us. I don't know. He's a little loosey goosey also too. There's moments where it's like, well, wh what is he about? Is he a preacher? Is it just an act? Is it a con? Like, right. is he actually broken? I don't know. So for me, with all that said, uh, Night of the Hunter for me, I'm gonna give it a rent it slash buy it. Okay, all I right. I recommend renting it, um, and I can see wanting to buy it, and I can see why you give it an instant classic as well. I mean, it's an instant classic. It's up there with films like Yojimbo and Pool Hall Junkies. It's definitely. <laughs> An instant classic uh, for some people. I could see why. I wouldn't argue that. And so. honestly, for me, Rob, I will sit through a hundred of these fucking movies. The fact, the fact that I at least got a Yo Jimbo out of this. Anything else that's better, or 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 sorry, and anything else that comes along that I enjoy, it's like it doesn't. You've already done your job in showing me Yo Jimbo expanding. You know I mean? well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you uh, you really. Uh, I'm I'm happy that you really enjoyed your Jimbo. That makes me happy, and I'm glad I was able to buy that for you too for Christmas. I'm fucking jacked up about it. And I'll, I'll be, I'll, Rob. I gotta say too, if I ever have to shit on someone's movie, I feel I almost feel the worst when I, if I have to do it on yours. I agreed, agreed. Like when always... I when I pooed a little bit on uh, um, Diamonds Are Forever, I, I felt I felt like I hurt John a little bit, but at the same time, I was like, he could take it though. He could take it. Yeah, no, nah. just not my, <laughs> my. That wasn't my bond. You know what I mean? Like I like yeah. my bond a little different. You know, totally all. get it. So. But it does but, uh, hurt a little more coming at Rob. It's just like, God, yeah. it's just... I'm sorry, buddy. Rob, oh, dude. I'm Especially when you, when you start us out like, this is my favorite yeah, like, pool I've movie I've watched ever. this 50 times, and it's an instant and then I'm classic. Like, oh, man, I can't wait till Fuck. an hour and a half from now when I got to tell him. Jesus, this is going to be a don't ever watch this shit, but I guess I'll bump it up to a fucking rent it. Uh, anyway. Oh. No, but that's what I love about this show, man. Yeah. You mix it up. This is what's awesome about it. I don't care that you guys, if you shit on a film that I, I that I love, it's okay. Yeah. Yep. It's not. It's not. It's like introducing us to new food. I don't you hate know? you guys. It's all good. Good. Uh, what do we got going on next? Heidelberg is your pick, right? Next week is my pick. Yes. Uh, we are going to be covering New Jack City Humphreys. from I think 1992 or 91. 91. 91. Yes, starring um Wesley Snipes. Yep. Hell in yeah. His fucking prime. I might say, yeah, uh, uh, playing Nino Brown, who we'll get we'll get to it next week. But I think is one of the most iconic villains as well in, in cinema. Um, I'm so excited to watch this, dude. Yeah, I, uh, me too. I've never seen it. I, I cannot wait. Very okay. familiar, obviously. Right. It's a very, very popular, like well-known film. Like, yeah. I just don't for whatever reason. I remember my parents owning the VHS. Like it was a two tape VHS. It's not a movie kids should be watching. Two tape VHS. Get the it fuck a, out of here. It was, two, it was a two tape VHS, and I I remember it vividly. Uh, anything I think anything over two hours had to be two tapes. I think on a VHS or something like that. Yeah. Not God damn, it was two that. tapes. This is an epic film. Then I can't wait. 
Yeah, so yeah. that's my pick, New Jack City. Check it out. I don't know where it's streaming. Uh, is it streaming on Max? Uh, I had to rent it on Amazon. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, we do some other stuff around here. Uh, John, what the hell are you doing around here, buddy? Well, in my spare time, what I like to do, Robert, is play old ass video games. So what I do is I turn on the lights. I grab a little high boy can. I sit down and grab that NES controller. I fire up my NT Mini Noir and I put in my original cart. Uh, pull up a chat full of assholes and perverts, and I play through these old games. Oh, Rob, you watch his streams? Every he's I, always there. He said there's perverts. <laughs> I am the pervert on his streams. <laughs> Night of the Pervert is the uh, movie that Rob. That's Rob's favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twitch.tv slash Kinetic Onslaught O N S L O T. Um, right now we're we're still grinding through Final Fantasy three. It's a fucking doozy. Yeah, man. Uh, all um, social media is all the same at kinetic underscore onslaught spelled the same way. O-N-S-L-O-T. All right. Uh, Heidelberg, are you also playing old video games? What are you doing? I mean, I, I have appreciation for old video games, but my fingers, I don't know. I, g- gripping uh, that small NES controller just doesn't feel right anymore after having a Xbox Elite in my hand. Yo, word. But uh, what I do like to do in my free time uh, is uh, watch horror movies. And then I like to talk about them with my two co-hosts, John and Jacqueline. On a cut above horror review, my other podcast. Uh, you can catch Yo, us on Instagram. Podcast. Wow, you're cool. yeah. I have another one, guys. I'm, I I can do. I I have many plates spinning. Let's just say. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna start a podcast about pool hall junkies where we we dissect every minute of pool hall junkies and oh, we turn God. it into an episode. So <laughs> a whole minute of pool hall junkies will be a whole episode, and we'll just dissect the whole. Uh, thing. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. good. Uh, no, <laughs> anyway, a cut above on Instagram at uh, cut above one word dot horror underscore review. Uh, we're on uh, X at cut above horror. We're on Facebook at a cut above colon horror review. And we are on any streaming app where you can get your podcasts. Uh, Rob, what about you? You uh, you have extracurricular activities that you I do. I also have another podcast. I don't. I do play old video games. I just don't do it on you know live on stream, which I would like to do at some point. But anyways, it's a good time. It is a good time. Uh, I have another podcast called Circle of Jerks Podcast. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, we do um, we do movie reviews. We've had people on. Uh, Heidelberg's been on a few times talking about a few films. We're gonna have the old kinetic onslaught on at some point here pretty soon. Hell yeah! But- uh, but uh, we also do some esoteric ideas and thought exercises on our, our live stream on Tuesdays. We do movie reviews. We do like special themes every month. Uh, but you can find us on uh, Twitter uh, as at, at podcast COJ and on Instagram, Circle of Jerks Podcast. And if you want to reach out to me personally, I am uh, at Robo Rice. Nice. Also, uh, if I could just real quick, um, speaking on having Kinetic Onslaught on your show, I am, by the time you listen to this episode, he will have been on a cut above. Yeah, but. Or uh, we will be covering Upgrade. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Upgrade from, I think, 2018. Awesome episode, buddy. With yeah, two Bs for a double dose of pimping. Double bubble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if the people wanted to uh, contact the Cinemigos on our socials, where could they find us, Rob? Oh, on uh, X slash Twitter, you can find us at Tres Cinemigos, T-R-E-S-C-I-N-E-M-I-G-O-S. 
Nice. I feel like it's just X now. I'm just I'm done with like tw I, you win, Elon. Like it's X. Like whatever. Committed. Okay, gonna... fine. X. I wasn't it's that into X. Twitter anyway, where I'm like holding on to it. But I don't know. It's just I feel like it's just easier to not even say Twitter anymore. R.I.P. But yeah, if you wanted to catch us on uh, Instagram, which is still a thing, and nobody's bought that. Well, it's already been bought. So um, you can catch us at Cinemigos one word underscore podcast. And also um, on Facebook, we're on Facebook, by the way, at the Cinemigos. And we have an email. We've been emailed before, and I think we should probably promote it uh, each episode. Yes, we should. Too, with our socials. So if you want to email us, you can email us at the Cinemigos podcast at gmail.com. With all that said, would you like me to tell you the story of right hand, left hand, the story of good and evil? H-A-T-E. It was with this left hand that old brother Kane struck the blow that laid his brother low. L-O-V-E. You see these fingers, dear hearts? These fingers has veins that run straight to the soul of man. The right hand, friends. The hand of love. Now watch and I'll show you the story of life. These fingers, dear hearts, is always a warren and always a tugging one again to other. Now watch them, old brother left hand. Left hand hates the fighting, and it looked like love's a goner. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hot dog loves a winning. Yes, sirree. It's love that won, and old left hand hate is down for the count. Hey, your badges. Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges.